Hey guys, this is Chad. A really quick heads up before we start the episode. Uh, much later in the in the episode that you're listening to right now, like way, way later after the break, uh, Dan and I will be talking about Daredevil. Uh, and during the Daredevil talk, there's a bit of audio uh, overlay with some computer sounds uh, from one of our computers. I guess uh, the new... We're, we're basically, we're playing around with some new recording software because our old recording software was no longer compatible with Skype and the new software picks up any sound evidently picks up any sounds from the computer at all whether you have your headphones in or not so any sounds that are going through the computer will be put onto an audio track and unfortunately we didn't know that until after we recorded this episode so there's a brief moment while Dan and I are talking about Daredevil that there's some audio uh, in the background that sounds like a game or, or whatever uh, and periodically throughout the episode you'll hear like little Facebook notification sounds and stuff don't worry about it we're, we're now aware of the issue we're gonna get it fixed it only happens in this episode for like maybe a minute or less so it's not at all detrimental to the episode but I just want to give you guys a quick heads up uh, I couldn't edit it out so We'll just go from here, and guys, enjoy the episode. All right, here we go. In brightest day, in blackest night, all other podcasts tremble in fright. Losers cower before the power. Oranges lust, and blues you can trust. Indigos feel, and white ones heal. Yellow scare, and green ones dare. That sapphire love and black hands glove will rock your foundation without hesitation. Chad and Mark face evil's might. Respect their power for they'll make you see the Everybody, I'm Chad Bokelman. I'm Mark Marble, and I'm Dan Kurtzky. And this is the Lantern Cast, episode two sixteen. Dan's back, <laughs> woohoo, <laughs> for good. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry. So, folks, oh. this is Chad's last episode. <laughs> oh snap! Did not think this through. Mark and I have been planning this for like a year. <laughs> Oh, and then in a few months, Jim will be back, and <laughs> and then I'll leave again. <laughs> a desperate, difficult summer work schedule will will come up for Dan. <laughs> oh, the Chad and and Jim show, which will somehow get negative numbers in the download. <laughs> oh snap! Man, the stupid eraser started. Oh man, sorry. I just bought Erasing? some. No, no, I, I bought some a, a completely. Apropos of nothing, I just bought some art supplies not too long ago from Walmart, and I got an eraser pack that has one of those. Dan, you're an artist. What are these gummy, like almost? Oh, the kneaded erasers. Yeah, the little almost bubblegum sticky like erasers. Like you could, you could put posters on your wall with it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Kneaded erasers. Yeah, it started sticking to my other erasers. <laughs> I just uh, love the idea of Chad sitting down, being like, "All right, gonna gonna." You know, clear my throat, gonna put on my game face to do a nice professional podcast. Hello, I'm Chad, but ooh, pencils! <laughs> <laughs> in, in his robe, no less. 
Oh, they don't need to know about that. Um, <laughs> they know we, about your smoking we, pipe. They know about your monocle. Now they know about your robe. Your baby <laughs> sister peanut. I'm going to have to buy a new robe. Anyways, uh, <laughs> so... Uh, no, that 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 looks like it's uncomfortable. It looks like it's made out of towel material as <laughs> well, opposed yeah. to like. Especially, well, there are I think a few versions, but you are probably correct. <laughs> uh, but anyways, uh, this episode is a geek talk episode, and the reason it's geek talk is because there were several trailers that uh, have shown up online in the past few days. Uh, and because, you know, Mark's a movie guy and it's a lot of geek-related stuff, you know, we figured we'd, we'd talk about that, as well as some Green Lantern stuff uh, down uh, later in the, on in the episode. Some of which some listeners have requested uh, Dan to be on to comment on, which is why he's on. Um, because, you know, we have to have a reason to have Dan on otherwise. <laughs> otherwise, he's not allowed. Apparently. <laughs> you have to come up with an excuse. <laughs> But first and foremost, we want to talk about what? What? Star Wars? That's what we, that's yeah, what we decided? Yeah, I think that's been the, the consensus. We might as well go with Star Wars first. Yeah. Okay, so when was it? When, when was it that Star Wars... It was Monday? Last Monday? Or was it after that? Uh, it, was last, it was last week. It was, sometime uh, last week, as yeah. we record this. We're recording this on 420. Uh, so, so, uh, yeah, might have been Thursday. Oh my God, it is. (laughs) Uh, yeah. So, so Star Wars, the official teaser trailer number two has released and Mark, you're the Star Wars guy. So why don't you recap it for the folks at home? I mean, I mean, not shot for shot, but you know, okay. Not, not shot for, (laughs) (laughs) well, well, okay. Not shot for shot, but trying to remember everything that happens without playing the trailer in front of me. Uh, we begin on the planet that is not Tatooine, apparently, but looks like Tatooine. <laughs> and you see this a Star Destroyer crash down in, in an X-Wing, and you have, essentially, appears to be Luke or Luke giving uh, dialogue, talking about how the Force is strong in his family, and it's, and it's strong with his father. You know, his, his father has it, he has it, his sister has it, and, and you... You have it also, and while he's talking, you see different scenes. You see Darth Vader's mask, which is, you know, burnt, obviously, from the, and, and distorted and melted from the fires on Endor, and you see, which would appear to be Luke, when he says, because when he says in the trailer, I have it, you see the mechanical right hand touching R2 in the, a cloaked figure, so that it would appear to be Luke, and it actually kind of gives a little credence to that, some of the rumors that they were going to be on Mustafar, and that kind of gives a hint that that might be true, because it certainly looked like Mustafar when when uh, Luke was there. You see someone handing it appears to be Luke's original saber to, to into what probably is Arleia's hands, because that's when he mentions his sister has it. And we're kind of left up in the air who the who he's talking to, or talking about, as in you have it too, even though I think most people probably think it's the Daisy Ridley character whether she's Han and Leia's daughter or whether she's Luke's child. You see, let's see, we see Kylo, Kylo Ren, who will be the Sith or, Sith or almost Sith in this movie with his mask on, which was pretty cool, and his, and his cross-guarded lightsaber briefly. We see the new designs of the Stormtroopers. See some X-Wings in action. And, of course, among other things, 
a few dogfight scenes with the Falcon. We also see the iconic moment of of the the dialogue of Harrison Ford saying, "Chewie, we're home," and then we see Han and Chewie in the Millennium Falcon, Chewie with his bowcaster drawn, and that I think those are the main highlights. I might have missed something, but I think those are the key, the key points. These Star Wars trailers hit just the right amount of nostalgia like just the right and maybe nostalgia is not even the right word it's it feels like you can feel this reverence for what everybody grew up with but at the same time they're blatantly pushing into a new generation in the like of what appears to be from the trailers at least a really respectful way yeah i agree i think that they're, they've done a really good job with the with the two trailers because these are they they and some people are, and we kind of talked about this I think when we kind of talked about a little bit about the first trailer that the idea is some people are disappointed in what you know what we're what we've seen so far but they're, they're kind of following the true definition of what a teaser and what teaser trailers are supposed to be you're not really supposed to understand a lot of what's going to be going on in the movie in a teaser trailer if you do. It's not really a teaser trailer. So at this point, you know, we really, it's, in, it's implied, we've, you know, we probably have seen Luke. That probably was Luke with R2, and it's probably Leia being handed the saber. But we haven't seen Luke's face. We haven't seen Leia. And we only got that brief glimpse of Han and, Chew, and Chewie at the end. But most, of the, but most of the first two trailers have been really about all the new characters. So they've been, I think this is the trailer that's kind of transitioning into probably what we're going to see in the first real full trailer which is kind of like a mix of both. So you get to see some of the older characters and some of the new characters. I think, oh, what, yeah. I think what Dan is talking about in terms of an almost nostalgia is really evident. I spent some time online today looking at some reaction videos to this trailer, and it's basically universal across, across those with more emotive faces that uh, when they get all giddy and excited and they're like, yeah, and they start shaking or you know fist pumping or whatever it is they do when they're excited – it's on the flashbacks stuff stuff that's stuff that is just uh like you know familiar to them they see r2 they they freak out they see vader's mask they freak out they saw han and chewie they freak out you know but the new what's cool is the newer scenes the stuff with characters or or places or things that they're not familiar with they just stared slack-jawed they're just like looking back and forth across the screen to be like what that what what is this this is awesome. They're, I mean, they're, they're freaking out the whole time. Uh, so I think, I think that's awesome. Is it, it's the, the, the balance of, of, of the, the moments where they're fist pumping and freaking out versus just sitting there staring at the screen. Like what in the hell? Uh, what is that? I got to know what that is. That's, that's it. It's really visually balanced in terms of the actual trailer. Like what is nostalgia? What is, what is new stuff? It's kind of encapsulated by that shot of that Star Destroyer that crashed seemingly a long time ago, and it's it's been partially buried by sand over time, where it's this, it's this gigantic piece of history that was left to sit for a really long time, and now we're, we're seeing it again. You know, it's like, like that moment at the end where it shows us Han and Chewie and they're older and they're just happy to be back. And they're like, we're home. And like, that's how so many people viewing that trailer feel too. I'm, I'm back with these things. I love I'm home again. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Good. 
No, sorry. Uh, one of the things it's been evident online about is the the controversy of of Luke's voiceover. Yes. And some people are saying it's news. You know, it, it, I guess I guess the problem stems from him saying my father has it, uh, present tense. Um, some people have speculated online that. Uh, it's Luke talking, but he's referring to Vader in the present tense because his father is probably there with him in spirit form, like like Obi Wan and Yoda were. Um, some people have said it's, and this is the one I agree with, that it's it's uh, audio from Return of the Jedi that's being re- re- repurposed. Huh. Uh, well, um, if that, I mean that is essentially true, and it could also that it could also along the lines of repurpose, that yes, it could just be re-recorded as opposed to just being re-edited and remastered, but yes. But even though it does sound like a young Luke, to be fair, it does sound like a young Luke. But mm-hmm. but that is, I mean, I don't have it in front of me, but that pretty much is exactly, you know, the dialogue that, he, that Luke was having when he was talking to Leia, and he talks about how the Force is strong in my family, and my father has it, and that's why it would be present tense, because Vader was alive at the time, mm-hmm. and I have it, and my sister has it, and I think I think the line when when before uh, Luke was making you know was telling Leia about you know their relationship when she was saying oh you have a power I don't understand and you said no you're wrong and he goes my you know my it's like uh, even I'm trying to remember if he just says my sister if my sister has it or, or you have it too or something but most no no before the speech he says you have that power too. And then he goes into my, you know, I have that. You have my father has it. I have it. My sister has it. I think I think it's just the the way this trailer does it. It's rearranged. Right. Slightly. It could. Mm-hmm. Right. But it but it also you know but like, as you said repurposed in the sense that it's that we know some of it's going to have meaning because obviously the you know and you have that too is going to mm-hmm. refer to who you know probably again probably the Daisy Ridley character is going to be you know a Skywalker blood relative whether. On whichever side, but I, I kind of think people, yeah, with, with with the Vader thing, I think I I do think it is more just because yes, it's coming from what he was saying on Endor and the and the relevance of it because it wouldn't make any sense for Vader on any level to be a Jedi spirit because we've already learned we've already learned not just in the movies but even with the with the Clone War show that becoming one with the Force enough to maintain your identity and your that's not an easy skill to learn, and most people never had any idea how to do it. So you know, it took Qui Gon kind of stumbled into it, but he stumbled into it in, in an incomplete fashion. And then Yoda and Obi Wan kind of were the ones who were able to learn how to do it properly. So Vader just died. So Vader had no time to prepare for it, and that's more of a light side quality than a dark side. And Vader was dark side until the, you know, right until the very end, and then he turned back. So I don't think. I'm, I could be Phil. I could be symbolically that his father is with him, just like everybody else is with him. But I don't necessarily think that it's like he's going to be showing up in like spirit form to cancel him. I think it'd be much more likely to have. Well, from a pure movie making point of view, obviously it'd be a lot easier to have Yoda show up because <laughs> you wouldn't have the dilemma of Alec Guinness versus of uh, even McGregor, and obviously you you wouldn't have any of the. You wouldn't have the dilemma. Oh, let's bring back Hayden Christensen, which most people would not want. <laughs> just, so. just have a big blue ghost of James Earl Jones. <laughs> <laughs> I am still your father. <laughs> Don't talk back, you little bitch. <laughs> we can edit that out. Okay. <laughs> uh, Celebrity Vader cast. Uh, so, man. so I guess, I guess, uh, sort of. I'm going based on memory because I've seen it several times now. 
Um, I've, I've got the HD version downloaded to my external hard drive, so every time I plug in <laughs> plug it into my TV, I just watch it on the big screen every now and then. Um, so, so, so it's not Tatooine. Not some, yeah, it's not supposed to be Tatooine. I forget the name of the planet, but it's not supposed to be Tatooine. Okay, so there's a. I guess I guess it would be wrong to call it a speeder bike then, but uh, it's it looks like a speeder bike going across the desert. It comes across a crashed X-wing first. And then it reveals the pan out in the background of this crashed Star Destroyer. <coughs> that was pretty awesome. Uh, I just, I just, I, I love, I, I love how that that pan happens. You're just like, oh, oh, X-wing. Oh, cool. What, what is, what is? Holy crap! It's a Star Destroyer. <laughs> <laughs> I loved that moment. That was that was freaking cool. Uh, Vader's Vader's helmet being melted. I guess I mean that's not really a shock. Like you said, it's from Endor. What the the one with with uh, Luke touching R two? I'm wondering if R two is going to be gone by the end of this movie. Because if you think about it, R two has been around since you know Anakin was a little boy, and this is you know this is two lifetimes of a robot. And I know like the whole Star Wars universe is. You know, it's it's old, old advanced technology or whatever you want to call it. So some of these machines have years on them. But do we really think R two is going to be around at the end of it? And almost because the way the way that scene looks, if you look at R 2s little lights blinking, it almost looks like they're blinking slowly. And R two looks like he's pretty banged up. I mean, I don't I don't mean like got a bunch of dents in him, but I mean it's just you know real dirty and. And old looking, like he's showing his age, if for lack of a better term. I think they would want to keep as many of the non-human classic characters as possible, because I mean, there's there's only so many more times you can get Luke and Leia and Han, but when you have characters like droids or Wookiees, you can keep bringing them back. Like, those are the fan favorites that are kind of evergreen because, you know, you know, an alien doesn't age like we know it, and a robot can constantly get fixed, you know? Mm-hmm. And plus, based on the... Based at least on one of the... Since Luke has changed this so many times, but I think one of the... He was fairly, I think, consistent that what the constants in... in in the, on all the trilogies, especially when they was talk about doing three all along, was that the droids were going to be the only char- the only characters you could count on being going through all the movies. <laughs> so I think that would kind of, and even though they in, you know, even though they introduced uh, what's his face there, his replacement droid, BB BB eight, yeah, that uh, I don't I don't think R two's I don't think R two's going anywhere, and and Jakku Jakku is the name of uh, the desert planet. Hmm. Is DB8 that beach ball thing with yes. a head? Yeah, the one I they, love that the, thing. Yeah, the one they brought onto stage during uh, the over the weekend to prove that it was a it was a real effect that it was. I was about to ask you: Is that actually a practical? Yeah, like, a physical it is. It thing? is. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, it, was, it is impressive. Yeah, they brought him out. They brought him out to the stage because since I guess a lot of people because they knew a lot of people were still going to say, "Oh no, there's no way that could be practical. It's got to be CGI." And it's like, nope. <laughs> So that, that that was it was pretty neat is to see him rolling around on stage like that. And I didn't see any lines in the ball, so I think it's it's got to be magnets or something. It could be, yeah, it could yeah. be. That's awesome. I love the fact. I mean, 
granted, it's Star Wars, so it probably would have gotten this level of reaction regardless, but I, I love the fact that all they had to do was release a pair of teasers and it elicited this kind of of just joy and reaction from the fan base. Like, they, like even when it's just, like, mostly dark voiceover and then it punches you with, like, the m- music hits and the Millennium Falcon is flying upside down, it's like, they made these two little short things that just, yeah, they advertise the movie, but it's celebrating Star Wars at the same time. Like, this, like, say what you want about the content of the trailer, this, like, is almost like the feel-good trailer of the summer, you know? Right, because like like we kind of talked about the con, there is a much con, there is I mean there are a few there are images that make you think about what's going to happen, but they don't but there's not a lot of content there's very little content and certainly not much to put it in context, so it is it's the feeling it's the feeling that 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 it gives you and it's the fact that I think part of it is that up until a few years ago you know everybody thought that there were not going to be any more real Star Wars movies to begin with that. We thought that you know episode three was going to be it, and we certainly pre- pretty much had given up on the, the 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 dream, if you will, of having episode seven, eight, nine with Le- you know Leia, Han, and Luke, especially with you know Harrison Ford being so anti Han Solo for such a long period of time yeah. afterwards, that everything kind of was like a, like a perfect storm. Everything kind of came back together, and then the fact that it, that's what people it's like because it's like Dan said, it's part of your childhood and it's something that you never thought you were going to see again. And even though, yeah, episode one when it first came out, you know, there was a huge amount of interest and in, and in fan, you know, fan interest when it came out. And episode three had a lot of that too because people thought that was going to be the last Star Wars movie. Plus, that's the one that was going to give you all oh, the meat. The real meat of the prequels was in was in episode three. So when you get to this, yeah, plus the fact that we don't in, in the prequels, everybody kind of knew you knew what the main events that were going to happen. It's just how they how they happened, the, how the dots were connected that you were that was. In this movie, you really have no idea really what's going to happen. You kind of, you kind of have maybe some basic ideas just based on your own preferences, but you don't know what's going to happen, and that's part of it too. You that, I think that's part of the interest, and just seeing those characters again on screen for the first time, especially when they're interacting together for the you know potentially for the first time on screen since like what, 19, 1983. I mean, that's going to be pretty impressive. Oh yeah. And I mean, like I, I look at myself. I'm like, I, I like Star Wars and everything. I've never been that big into it. And all I know about this movie is it happens later. There's some people in it who I recognize, and there's some people in it who I don't know who they are. And I can't wait to see the movie. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 pretty cool, especially in, in uh, I, man the music. <laughs> I mean, it's if if anything, Dan, you said it earlier, but if anything. If 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 it didn't time up as perfectly as it does with the music, I don't know if we'd feel the same way. Especially that first teaser, right before the main theme kicks in, it goes black, and then the Millennium Falcon is flying up into the air. Yeah, and it's like r- right as that crescendo hits in that music, and you're just like, "Holy shit!" <laughs> yeah, it's it's like the fa- it's like the ship punched through the screen and let the music out. <laughs> it's. Oh, it's it's cool. And someone did a mashup of the two teaser trailers. Have you guys seen that yet? I, don't I think saw so. one of them. I th- I found a couple. I only watched one, but it was awesome. I posted the link on my Facebook page today, where the 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 teaser, the teaser, teaser one and teaser two are mashed up, 
uh, in a way that the shots sort of line up. Like, for instance, the the first teaser when, what's his name, the the stormtrooper, the guy that's in the stormtrooper outfit? Yes. Uh, he, you know, where he pops up in the first trailer all panicky or whatever in the desert, and then it matches up with the shot from, from what everybody thinks is Tatooine. Uh, same with the X-Wing shots. All the X-Wing shots will line up and everything. Uh, the Millennium Falcon flying up into the air and escaping those TIE fighters is right before the whole thing where the Millennium Falcon shoots into the exhaust port of the Star Destroyer and the other shot from the second teaser. Uh, it, it's, 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 it's perfect. <laughs> it's just, it's so perfect. And the music, they took the, they kind of let the music lead into each other. It's, it's, oh man. But, uh, I think, I think one of my, one of my favorite thing visuals in there is, it's odd, oddly enough, cause not a lot of people are talking about it other than who the person playing the character is. But I really like to look at that chrome stormtrooper or whatever that is. Yeah, that is, that is pretty unique. That's that's cool looking. It really it really catches me visually every time I watch this second trailer. And the reason the redesigned stormtroopers are interesting. Not I mean it's not a dramatic it's a change, but it's not like it's not like they're wearing plaid. <laughs> so but like you mentioned the music though. Yes. I there are some there are just some themes that are like iconic and they make you feel something like <laughs> kind of like the rock rocky rocky's kind of like that, but I think the main title, you know, from Star Wars is like that. That especially if you if you grew up watching those movies, I mean, if you have any kind of ties at all, when that, if you're watching something, you know, and, and that, and that hits, especially, you know, when you, I think that's, they, you know, they know what they have there. So I think that, so that, they, so they use that very, 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 very wisely so far in, uh, in the trailers and really, really interesting to see when we get the first full trailer. I would guess I would suspect it'll probably be on Ant-Man. Probably for Disney's for Disney's sake, that probably would be a smart move to put the first to put the first full trailer on another one of their movies. I mean, you knew we knew there was going to be a trailer coming out, not just because of the Star Wars uh, celebration thing, but because of you know we we knew there was logically it was going to be on the Avengers because you would want it on the Avengers. So the next, I think their their next big movie probably to put it on would be, and that would be July, so that would make sense to put it on Ant Man with the music. Are they, do we know, are they using, like, existing tracks that they have, or is, like, John Williams or somebody coming in to, like, to score this movie? Yeah, I think John Williams is scoring this. Okay. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he is. Awesome. Yeah. It I, would be weird. Is... I mean, it's, it would be, to th- think about a, a Star Wars movie without a John Williams soundtrack is so weird. Well, yeah, but I, I you know, I'm not saying know, I'm like... not saying you would say that they shouldn't. I'm just saying, just thinking ahead, because at some point... We're gonna, you know, as long as Disney's plan continues, there's going to be Star Wars movies without that, and that's going to be weird. But it's also going to uh, be weird even now not to have a have the 20th Century Fox and Fox fanfare before a Star Wars movie. That's going to be uh, weird. Yeah. I know it was one of those situations where you know, all right, we already have all of John Williams' recordings, and it's all iconic Star Wars. So we can just kind of finagle this or. Like, are we going to have John Williams come in and do a do a new version of the class, or not even new version, but just like redo the classic Star Wars music along with unique stuff for this movie? Yeah, I think it's pretty much exactly what he did for the prequels. I think he just he's doing. I think he's just doing the soundtrack for the se- episode seven, just like he did one. You know, pretty much. Excuse me, all of them up to this yeah. point. So 
I wouldn't be surprised if he did it the same way, uh, like for the new for the new stuff that he would add in, uh, not just redoing the old stuff, but also new scores for the new movie. I wonder. Wouldn't be surprised if he did it the way they did uh, Man of Steel's music. Uh, if, did you guys you you guys both watch that seventy fifth anniversary of Superman animated thing, right? Yeah. Yes. Okay. If you notice how like the music from the traditional Superman theme led into the Man of Steel theme. The, the the Man of Steel theme uses, I think, uses the exact same amount of the same inter- instruments used in the original Superman theme. So it sounds consistent, though it <laughs> is completely different. So I wonder if you do the same thing with uh, with this with the same type of thing with the new Star Wars stuff. Uh, one of the things we're debating about on Facebook right now, uh, it was it John? John posted this right. Uh, what do we think uh, Han means when he says we're home? Because I think John was saying something about uh, he it's it's he thinks it's in reference to just like getting getting back aboard the Falcon or you know they, the Falcon has been out of Han's uh, you know possession for a little while and they're they're getting it again or something like that. That's kind of what I thought too, but to be fair, the both teasers have been kind of Falcon heavy. Mm-hmm. In, ter- in terms of, hey, look, Star Wars. So, I mean, when I see Han and Chewie, when I think Han and Chewie, I kind of think of them on that ship. Yep. And presume, like, I have no idea where they would have been or could have been since the last time we saw them. But I kind of, like, this whole movie has kind of a, you know, we're back in the saddle kind of feel to me. So I thought, too, that this was them kind of, firing up the old girl one more time. I would tend to agree. I mean, the only... Because I'm trying to think of the other... Again, we've limited... It's hard to put it in context because we have limited, you know, information about what actually happens other than a lot of speculation. And obviously a lot of speculation about what was going to be in this trailer. You know, there were a bunch of different descriptions of what we were going to see in the, in the, in the second Star Wars trailer. And there were some elements that held up and there were some elements they were completely wrong about. But... It's hard to, I mean, yes, it was, they're on the Falcon, and it's, and obviously Chewie's got his bowcaster pointed, so it's, so, so obviously they're, t- they're either taking it from somebody or to get it back, or they're just, the only other explanation at the time would be maybe there were stormtroopers on board or something. That they still may be getting it back, but it's just the fact that it's kind of like we're home as far as in like we've been doing this so long. But I think it, in some way, shape, or form, I think it just has to be the fact that they haven't really been in that ship and in possession of that ship in a long time. Because yeah. Where I, else, because where else would Han and Chewie really be home, as in together? I mean, that, that well, ship was I mean, home to them. Right, but but he could have had a kid and settled down somewhere with Leia. So, I mean, we don't know what he means by home. And the only thing I'm thinking is, and I said it on John's status, is... Uh, Chewie's got his bowcaster drawn, like he is he got it in his hands and is aiming at something. Why would he be doing that in the Falcon? I mean, I know that there's you said you know there's stormtroopers on board or they're taking it back from somebody or or whatever. But it, to me, it seems like they're exiting the Falcon onto something else, and Chewie's like, you know, got his bowcaster drawn in case anything comes up on them as, as you know as they're ex- exiting the Falcon. Yeah, if if Chewie had his his th- his bowcaster at his side, or something like that, then yeah, I would think it, I I definitely agree. It's uh, it's it's about the Falcon, but I think it's about something else. 
I would love it if they just did it for the trailer. It's not even in the movie. Just because they <laughs> just because they knew it would be perfect and the most appropriate possible ending to the trailer. Like like in the the Marvel comic where it said, "What did the preview say?" or something like, "Welcome home" or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. We have anything else to say about the Star Wars trailer? Comes out a little before Christmas, right? Yep. Yeah, that's right. Well, before before we move on to the next one, did you guys see the news about uh, Rogue One? Yes. Yes. What? No. What is, what is this? Star Wars Rogue One, the first Star Wars spinoff movie. Oh. This is focus. Is uh, what I from what I read, it it will be focusing on Rogue One, the team that was sent to. Uh, uh, take the plans for, of the Death Star from the Empire. Uh, it'll be set, obviously, between episodes 3 and 4, obviously closer to 4. Uh, none of the characters will be from the original uh, movies will be involved. Hmm. Uh, but, yeah, Rogue One is its title. Or at least working title. Right, Star now, War, it's Star Wars Anthology, right? Isn't that what it is? It? The official yes. Star Wars Anthology Rogue Rogue One or whatever, because that's what's going to, I guess, all this, I think, I think the spinoff movies, I think apparently are going to have the Star Wars anthology in, probably in their titles, because they were, they even talked about, I think like Kathleen Kennedy or whatever they were talking about, they had a lot of debate, like what, you know, how we should call the spinoff movies or how should we label them, so I think they're going to be under the Star Wars anthology yeah, it, and it'll be unique in one fashion. Just, I mean, some people might be able to figure it out just from kind of story where it falls in the history of Star Wars. But it'll be unique in the fact that it won't have any Jedi in it because this takes place after the fall of the Jedi and before the resurgence of them. So, it, so there, this is a, a completely, you know, regular, quote unquote, regular person-driven movie. Uh, and I think I saw a quote somewhere for I don't know if it was a producer or a writer or something that. He basically he said that he always the thing he liked about Star Wars was that it was very black and white uh, in terms of good and evil and stuff like that. Where and he says Rogue One will explore the grayer sides of Star Wars, the Star Wars universe. So no Jedi and the and kind of I don't know ambivalent loyalties, ambiguous loyalties. Interesting. This, in a lot of ways, this feels almost like the exact opposite of what we've been praising the, the um, <laughs> yeah. new movie for. Yeah, it's, you know, it's it's set back in it's set back in a time where it's between two of the existing movies. It's it's not it's all new characters that we've never seen or heard of before. It's not going to have a handful of things that you love about Star Wars, but at the same time. Like, like I don't know. Some of the, the fact that they would even try this makes me want to see it. You know, mm-hmm. like it's it's a it's like such a different Star Wars project. Like this is the kind of thing you do when you have something like the Clone Wars TV show, and you can take an episode or two here and there to focus just on you know this squadron of pilots and nothing else. But like the fact that they're going to go like that with a theatrical movie is really interesting. Mm-hmm. Now I'm trying to get I'm trying to bring up the quote but did they did did it was cuz it's, it's Gareth Edwards who's doing that one, right? He's the yeah. one who's he's the one who's directing that one. 
I read about it over on the comic forums. Because I'm trying to remember to if, he, if the quote was that there were sorry, if the quote was that there were going to be no characters that we know, or just no characters that were that we've seen in in the first two trilogies. Because I know some people, I think only because some people, I think, speculated that maybe there'll be some 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 characters from Rebels might might oh. over, overflow mm. into it. Maybe some people hey, well, have, some people have speculated even that uh that by Felicity Jones might end up being Ahsoka. If her character, you know, survives that long off out of uh, Rebels, so, is that the voice actor from the show, from the cartoon? No, that no, that's okay. yeah. And while you're looking at that information, just it, this one's not really worthy of discussion. I mean, it kind of is, but uh, just just a quick tidbit since we're talking Star Wars. Did you see also that Disney or someone had uh, had announced officially that Boba Fett uh, survived the Sarlacc pit or whatever? Yeah, they kind of said he's that. alive. Or, he, he's kind of like both alive and dead until somebody gets, until basically somebody re- resolves it. He's kind of like alive and dead inside the Sarlacc. So, yeah. <laughs> Zombie Fett. Yeah, it, it was like such a it was like such a great quote because it's like well basically he's in limbo but but you can so, bet your ass we'll get him out of limbo. <laughs> so 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 this is this is Schrodinger's Sarlacc. <laughs> This is them saying, we don't know how we want to use them yet, but as soon as somebody does, we're going to do that. <laughs> uh, no, but yeah, I, I read about it over the, on the comicforums.com uh, about the Rogue One movie and the, the whole article with some of the quotes in there. I know Brian Deemer is losing his mind over this. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it's it's it sounds really, really cool. Uh, it definitely grabbed me on concept alone reading the article, and I definitely am curious about it because of the stories they could tell that could be told between episode three and four, that would probably won't be one that I would want to see slash wouldn't think of. You know what I mean? Because some people are talking about, you know, another story that they could tell, not necessarily between three and four, but just another Star Wars background story movie would be Palpatine's origin. And I don't know if I would want to see that. Yeah. I mean, this is a lot more appealing than the idea of, I mean, when they first started talking about the idea of, of a spinoff, like smaller spinoff movies for Star Wars, it was immediately stuff like, Oh, it's the, it'll be the Darth Maul movie and the Boba Fett movie. And that's kind of like, eh, maybe, but like, get like it's like you said. Like they, they decided to give us something we didn't think or know we wanted. Mm. And it's a gamble, but it's a gamble again based on the based on the time frame. It's a good gamble because number one, it's early on in the Star Wars resurgence, so you know the the desire to see anything Star Wars is going to be heavy, and the fact that you know it's going to be coming out after Episode Seven, which is going to be huge. We know that, so it makes so it. So it is a gamble, you know. It, it is once again based on your conventional wisdom. It is certainly much, much more of a gamble than to do something like an Obi Wan standalone movie or a or a, or a Boba Fett standalone movie or you know some. So it is a gamble, but it's. I want I want a Boba Fett standalone movie that's just him in the Sarlacc and it's done in the exact same style as that Ryan Reynolds movie where he's buried alive. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say it in the same style as Robot Chicken. <laughs> that too, it can be claymation. I'm not, I'm not against it. I want to see the kind of claymation that that kind of movie budget can get. You. Speaking of claymation, completely off topic, Celebrity Deathmatch is coming back. You guys saw that? What? Really? 
Yeah, celebrity. How and why? <laughs> celebrity death match is coming back. Oh, anyways. To, to MTV? <laughs> yep. So. So, so I guess everything will come back to MTV except music. Oh, <laughs> uh, God. Celebrity Deathmatch is one of the things, I, a few things I remember still watching on MTV. Uh, but, anyways, okay, so on to <laughs> BVSDOJ. <laughs> I'm, yo, I'm, yo, I'm yo. sorry. Uh, did you just diagnose me with something? What's, <laughs> what are you, what is this? Uh, so, a few, the same day. Same day as the poor Zack Snyder. Same I, day. Same day as the Star Wars trailer hit. Uh, it was the official trailer for Batman v Superman: Dawn of Justice. Uh, <laughs> hashtag BVSDOJ uh, was uh, released online. So it was a uh, it was a first a bootleg version. Yeah, the bootleg the- was horrible. I saw the bootleg when I got home Thursday night from the movie. So I didn't even know I didn't even know an official one was online. I think until uh, later <laughs> until later on. Uh, I think. I didn't realize it was a bootleg until I started watching it, and then the cell phone just started rocking back and forth like they were on a ship. Yeah, it was such horrible <laughs> quality. It was like, oh my god. And then later that night or the next day, the official HD version was released. Uh, and the trailer basically features, uh, it's a bunch of voiceover clips. Uh, so kind of think of news clips, the news clips at the end of Avengers uh, that were kind of scrolling across the screen after the Battle of New York. Think of that, but being audio only. The various people talking about Superman and whether he's a good thing or a bad thing, and you know, absolute power corrupts, and absolutely that whole thing. Um, and it the whole time this is going on, there's a slow pan uh, up towards a statue in the center of Metropol- Metropolis as lights are going on on these pillars behind it, where there's I guess the names of those who died on on that day. Um, and as the lights all come on, uh, one of the, the final light comes on and shines up on the statue, and on Superman's S-shield is spray-painted the words, False God. Um, and throughout the trailer, you're seeing images of people reaching out towards Superman. Uh, he's in a crowd of people, um, and they're all reaching out towards him. He's floating up in the sky, and someone's reaching up towards him. He is uh, uh, down in this uh, sewer, bunker, whatever, and there are soldiers kneeling uh, in front of him. Though, just quick uh, side note, if you look closely, those soldiers are wearing stitched-on Superman S-shields on their uniforms. Hmm. So it's not not like the flag of their nation or anything. They are S shields on their uniforms. Um, additionally, then you also see you hear some voiceover of the new Alfred, who's the the actor whose name I forget, um, talking Jeremy, about Jeremy Irons. There you go, talking about you know how dangerous a man can be or something like that. As Ben Affleck is looking at the bat suit, we see some images of a uh, graffitied up building which i'm thinking is wayne manor that's been abandoned i don't know um we also see some shots of action like you know things being blown up uh we see the batmobile in action a little bit uh and then the final shot of course we see it's in the rain it looks like it's outside of a a, maybe down by the docks or something some abandoned warehouses uh uh, it's night it's raining Batman is in his very, 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 very much uh, 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 Dark Knight Returns armor. Uh, and he's looking up at Superman in the sky saying, tell me, do you bleed? And then Superman, you know, falls down to the ground and, 
to, to confront him and if everything goes dark and he says, you will. And then uh, that ends the trailer. What did you guys think of it when you saw it? There were some interesting concepts in there, I think. The idea of how people, you know, how people would react to Superman and beyond the, you know, the, all, all the, all the financial and, and, uh, the, the physical and human life that was lost during the, you know, the battle with Zod and everything. It's like how once people knew this car, you know, this being was on earth and that he didn't belong here really, that how would, how would people react? Which again goes back to the, the, the horribly, I, the horrible idea of the Kevin Costner Pa Kent and how he was <laughs> that bad idea of screwing up his kids, but yet it continues that theme at least. So at least maybe there was a method to that madness of having him have his son's ear like that. So I like the idea, you know, the idea of you know absolute power corrupts absolutely. But because you're looking at it, I think they're supposed to, you, they want people. The natural reaction is to think they're talking about Superman, though I think you could very easily look at it and. Turn it around and say, "Well, Batman, Batman might be in that boat too." <laughs> Since Batman's all, and the, and the whole idea of when Jeremy Irons is talking about the idea that this is how it starts, you know, how feeling powerless and, but, but seemingly, of course, it's the way the trailers cut. He seems to be almost like talking about Bruce Wayne, you know, talk yeah. to Bruce Wayne about how he feels power. Basically, that's part of the issue that he has is because whatever power that Bruce Wayne really felt that he had. You know, in his environment of the world, pales now compared to Superman. So, but we'll. But it was interesting. It was. It was not. It wasn't great. I mean, it, but it didn't. For people who were skeptical about the movie, I don't think it did. A, it did a whole lot to sell it, but I don't think it. It didn't hurt it. So I don't think it hurt. You know what it can. It didn't eliminate its appeal anymore. Anyway, I think it's just. It's kind of like a status quo trailer. In a way that it, it kind of gave you the idea of how how they were going to come together, or, but they, again, it's a teaser trailer. You don't really see that much. Literally, it's a lot of it's very, very dark. <laughs> yeah, I typically hate it when they heap on like Christ imagery and religious stuff onto Superman. I I understand the parallels and how it makes sense sometimes, but it's just never really appealed to me. But if you're going to do it. I I think this is a really good and interesting way to do it. You know, really like really dig into okay, how how would having someone like this walking around affect people's beliefs, their religions, their like how what would this do to politics and the economy? Like what like how would this actually impact the world beyond now there's somebody who can help save us from natural disasters and supervillains. It's like when, when that shot panned around and we saw like the Superman statue with false God painted in red across the S I, my eyes widened. I'm like, they're not, they're really going to go here with this. This is crazy. And it's like, and like the whole thing like still has a, um, like a darkness to it that I don't know if I really want. You know, I'm not saying by any means that everything has to be like a Marvel Studios superhero film because God knows we need variety. We we have to have different kinds of good stuff out there. But I don't know. It's 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 kind of the overall tone of this plus the fact that they're so heavily 
pulling from from uh, the Frank Miller source material, at least as far as Batman is concerned. That and I really beyond year one, I don't like Frank Miller's Batman. I don't know. I, I I'm I'm really kind of scatterbrained on this movie at this point because it has such interesting things in this trailer that I want to see how they deal with. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I feel like I'm going to be signing up for something a lot darker and grittier than I really want to watch. Yeah. And and Mark Mark said this earlier, a teaser shouldn't really tell you much about the movie itself. It just should tease you, really. And I think that in terms of is it teaser or is it trailer, I think it's definitely a teaser. The problem I have with it is the emphasis that this teaser placed on the whole false god thing, that is a really deep concept that has a whole lot of ramifications to it in a whole lot of different ways, things that need to be explored before you, I don't even know if you can, but quote-unquote resolve that issue within the movie. Plus the fact that you have to set up the bat- Batman of this this uh, continuity and introduce him properly, give him enough screen time, have him face off against Superman. <laughs> like, all of that alone, minus this false god stuff, was a movie in, in and of itself. Plus this false god stuff has a whole lot of things that need to be explored. So, honestly, the, this, this teaser made me worried, not for the content I saw in it, but for the content, I didn't. One of the things I was really concerned about in this movie wasn't necessarily their casting choices, like uh, Jesse, whatever his name is, is Lex or whatever, or Ben Affleck as Batman. But the, the fact that they said, oh, Wonder Woman's going to be in it. Oh, Aquaman's going to be in it. You know, and like mm. throwing, throwing all this stuff out there. This, this teaser set up so much that needs to be covered in this movie. That are we really going to in other words, when when Aquaman and Wonder Woman show up on screen, regardless of if it's a cameo for just five minutes or less or if they're in it for a significant portion of the movie, I don't care. Is it going to be done in a way that will do justice to these characters? Like, I'm really concerned, not about what we saw in this teaser, but what we didn't see. Hmm. But otherwise, I liked it. I mean, there's some things in there that confuse me, like Batman standing on top of a bridge or a building with a rifle in his hand. Uh, you know, that that graffitied out building that Batman was standing in. Is that Wayne Manor? I think it is. It looks kind of like a, a mansion, you know, and, you know, those super those those soldiers with the S shields on them. You know, I want to know about these various things. But, you know, out out just if I'm really thinking about it and what my gut reaction was. That was my gut reaction is, is okay, well, what about Wonder Woman and Aquaman? How is this going to be done in a movie with all of this already in it? It's a weird problem to have, isn't it? It's like... And a problem of their own creation. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's like right now the biggest concern is somewhere between they're trying to pack too much shit in here and they have too much good stuff that they can't possibly do it all in one movie. It's like, I, I feel more positive about the movie than I did before this trailer. It might not sound like it, but I do. <laughs> and I, and I think depending on how they play, like the, the 
religious and political aspect of it that could open a lot of really good doors for introducing these other characters that haven't been in the spotlight yet. But I, I, I don't know. I, it's, it's like you said, Chaz, it's just a teaser, so we can't really form the picture. We don't really know what they're thinking just yet. All, all we have is like the baseline of, well, here's the list of what we know they said will be in here. And here's how long the movie will probably run at most. So how is how? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't think Aquaman's going to begin it at all much. I think he'll have, they'll, I think it'll be a really small amount of screen time. I think almost all these other characters that, that other than Wonder Woman that they're going to be introducing that are Justice League members are going to have really, really small amount of screen time. I think, I think there's, and some of those, again, some of these could be, could be credit scenes too. We don't know, so it, we don't really know how they're going to do it yet. But they do have a lot on their plate. Even like Ch- like Chad said, even even before kind of seeing specifically more evidence of the themes that they're going to be dealing with in this movie, that they do have a lot on their plate. And I don't know. Like I said, my, I this movie in a way has always kind of looked like. It was could be a train wreck, not because I didn't think it'd be entertaining, but because again they were trying to just throw so much stuff against the wall and hope that it would stick. That I'm hope I'm really hoping it's not the case, you know, because obviously if this if the critical reaction to, and the fan reaction to this movie is negative, despite how much money it racks up in the first week, if, that that would really, you know, pretty much it's going to torpedo potentially so many of DC's uh, Warner Brothers plans for what to do with this this universe, you know. And of course, and like we talked about before, having Suicide Squad be the first movie that follows this is still such a sh- very shaky, very very shaky uh, decision. Yeah, and regard- mm-hmm. regardless of what I think about the, the, this teaser, I've said it before. I'll say it again. They could have cast Kevin Smith in the role of Superman and Jack Black <laughs> in the role of Batman, and I still would have gone to see it. It's a live action Superman versus Batman movie. I will oh, yeah. critique it till the day it comes out, but I will still go see it. So the fact that it's not Kevin Smith versus Jack Black, and it seems like at least they're actually kind of trying, it's going to be a, a movie worth me paying an admission price to go see and see how this cornerstone of, of a uh, comics fandom that I love so much turns out. So I will critique it up and down, but I will still go see it. Hey man, Jack Black's Green Lantern. Keep oh God! Straight. <laughs> Remember, he was gonna go to Arby's with Kilowog. It was gonna be amazing. Uh, <laughs> All right. Uh, next up, uh, Fantastic Four. Well, yeah, Dan, you, you want to recap the Fantastic Four trailer? Okay. <clears throat> um. Basically, it's. God, I watched this once yesterday. Just, you, can uh, just, you can just summarize because it's not like again, we, it's not like we get a whole lot of specifics in there. Yeah, I mean, we basically we meet all the main characters, and you know, it's we see like Reed is coming to work for Papa Storm, and he's kind of helping them crack interdimensional travel, and you know, the four of them, and we 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 meet, you know. We see Reed meeting Johnny and Ben and Sue, and and the four of them for some reason are the ones that like kind of get in the pods and they try this whole experiment out and it works until it goes freakishly wrong <laughs> and and 
you know, it's, it's your typical Fantastic Four origin thing, only it's not space. And they get back, they have their powers, but, you know, the portal, or the, the way that they went to this other dimension, it kind of somehow left the door open in whatever manner that means with this movie. And uh, the, the impression I got was that Doom is something that lives on the other side and is coming through. Mm. I'm not sure if that's accurate or not, but that's kind of the feeling it gave me. I can, and, I can understand yeah. why, based on the trailer, you would think that. Based on other information, yeah. they've said that won't be that really can't be true. But but it definitely would give you that impression. It is kind of an ambiguous or confusing mention of what's coming forward, and they say Doom. You know, it's supposed to be, I think, metaphorically Doom, and then of course you see you see their version of Doctor Doom. I like the concept of like we've brought up a, a we've brought about our own destruction, kind of Doom. Well, yeah, but uh, one thing to clarify about the trailer is it's not just uh, it's not just Reed, Johnny, Sue, and Ben going in there. It's a, there's a fifth person that goes in there with them because oh, in, okay. in, in the trailer they say only the four of you came back. Oh, so, so I'm assuming Doom is who went with them. They assume he died. The door is left open. He comes back. Okay. Yeah. All right. That's fine. Um, beyond that, we just see like kind of the almost training montage of them kind of developing their powers. You know, we see Sue in the middle of a warehouse, kind of like moving these shipping crates, like pushing them all out in all directions at once with her force field. Johnny's being Johnny. Reed, Reed's kind of just being, he's stretching enough to be weird. He's not really doing any like, like really impressive stuff yet, but like, yeah, that's kind of, kind of the meat of it. I don't think, I can't remember there was like a, like a good stinger at the end. No, at the end, I think it was like Ben and Sue both crashing through some kind of giant boulder or something in their respective way. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, I will say right off the bat, uh, going into this, I have no, uh, really no, not very much experience with the Fantastic Four in comics. Um, so let me ask: Is are we thinking this is the negative zone that they're going into? Probably. That would be really cool. I didn't even think about that. Okay. Uh, and additionally, someone said this on the comic forum, so this is not my own idea. Has anybody read Fantastic the uh, Fantastic Four from the Ultimate Universe? Because someone said that this is a very ultimate feel to them. I think that I haven't read it, but everything I've heard indicates all along indicated that they were trying to go that route. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think. I, I, good. I, Sorry, one, one other thing I wanted to say, uh, because I don't really have much to say about it other than it looks better than I thought it was going to be, uh, is uh, is that I feel like the trailer gave us brief, very superficial but very key glimpses into the personality of the main four characters, except for Reed. Like, I feel like Sue is a smart and <coughs> intelligent woman with a flirty, sarcastic side to her. Um, we we got Johnny's little bit of smart-assness in there. Uh, when Reed is talking to Ben, and Ben is a very straightforward, uh, you know, kind of no-nonsense kind of guy. Uh, but I, I, as much as the trailer focused on Reed, I didn't really connect with Reed in the trailer. Does that make any sense? No, it does. I mean, they... They focused on him in that they established him up front as the genius guy... Like, he's so smart, we brought him in to crack the universe. 
and he did it. Like, and that's like really all the focus they gave him as a person in the trailer so far. Yeah. I mean, part of me thinks it would be smart for them to kind of make him the, not the main character, but kind of like the audience surrogate for this movie, just because like he's coming into this situation where everyone else knows each other. He's the one who's kind of an outcast, both because of his intelligence and he doesn't know these people yet. Um, like really kind of build the movie around him and like learn through him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was surprised. Cause this is from, I don't think I've ever seen these characters, these characters, these actors in anything else that I know of. And the clips or teasers before didn't make it apparent. But these guys look so much younger than I ever thought they were. Yeah, that's that's true. I know I've seen the guy who plays Johnny in something before, but I don't I don't remember what. I think that I think it, overall I think this was this was the best effort they've made at this point to try to convince people that speaking of using the term we t- I used a few minutes ago that this movie will is not going to be a train wreck. <laughs> This is the first trailer to try to convince people, see, we told you this movie was not half as bad as you all think it was going to be. <laughs> because because of the, the re, they, they reworked the origin, but it's not reworked in a way in which you can't really you know accept it or buy it. The characters, at least when they're – and what we've seen so far of them using their powers, especially the thing looks pretty cool. Uh, the one thing – no pun intended, and I think Jim might have actually mentioned some something about this too. That even though it makes you more want to go see this movie, I still don't necessarily know if it really makes you think that oh yes, these are the characters that we've seen before and that we we know. Especially if you have done a lot of reading about done a lot of reading of Fantastic Four comic books and you know the characters pretty well. I don't think there's a there's a whole lot of you don't relate to them on that level, like oh yeah, that, that seems like really, really, really seems like Johnny. It seems like Reed. It's like it just seems like they're almost like just caricatures of what we think. This you know, the really smart guy and the in the in the and the nerdy girl who's kind of hot, but you know, all, all these different all these different things that they kind of throw in there. But I don't think you get a whole lot of person that from a personality point of view. I don't necessarily know if you really get a strong feel that <laughs> or an appeal to them, and that's and that was. And that's slightly, you know, that's a that's a slight that's a slight concern, I would say. I mean, visually, let's be honest, it would kind of be really bad if you made it in the modern time, in modern day. It would kind of be hard if you made a comic book movie that looked absolutely like crap, with the, with the amount of money you have to spend and the special and the special effects that are available today. If you could make it at least look as cool, you know, as humanly possible at this stage of the game, it would it would be surprising. Still doesn't mean it's going to be. You know, people are going to like the characters and like the way their versions of the characters. So I think that was the only thing that the only negative I would say about it. It certainly it certainly was the best best foot forward they've put so far to try to sell this movie to, to try to convince people. See, you know, this is this. There could be something here. Don't you know, let's let's start shoveling the dirt off the casket because it may not be as bad <laughs> as you think. But yeah. but only time will tell. I mean, it's I don't know if it's. I think it's convinced. I think it did convince some people, but I don't think in in mass. I don't think it 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 made a it changed public opinion enough where there everybody's on board with it now. Yeah, the just for the record, the guy who plays Johnny, I saw him. He was in Chronicle. 
Yes, that's where his uh, claim to fame pretty much is. Yeah, uh, but I also know him from Parenthood. He was uh, one of the characters in Parenthood for a little while. Uh, and Kate Mara, who plays Sue Storm, uh, she, I, I remember her. She was definitely in We Are Marshall. Um, but she, I remember her specifically from a very small cameo scene in Iron Man 2 when Iron Man is or, or Tony is walking out of the World's Fair and he's handed the paperwork to go appear in front of... Uh, uh, the, the the Senate or whatever, she's the one that gives him the summons as he's there getting in, in, getting into the car. And the only reason I remember that is because, like, this chick is super hot. I don't know who she is. <laughs> there so. you go. Shared universe. Did it. <laughs> so, there's that. Uh, but I... This... this I wasn't 100% sold on Fantastic Four, and I'm still not. Fantastic Four was... You know how I, I said that uh, Superman v. Batman, or Batman v. Superman, however the order is supposed to go, I'm going to go see it anyways. I knew that from, from word go. Fantastic Four, I wasn't sure. But this trailer was enough to convince me that I, I'll at least go see it. I'm not expecting anything from it. But at least that one, this one trailer has given me enough to where I will go, okay, regardless, I'm going to go see it. It's not like they're going to have to work very hard to make the best live-action Fantastic Four movie ever made either, you know? <laughs> well, that's true, but there, there are some, you know, there are some things in that movie that people do less. I mean, they, people, at least from a character point of view, people still like Chris Evans' Johnny Storm and they like, you know, Chickless's thing. So that they, oh, may, yeah. they may not have liked Reed too much, and they, most people didn't like Jessica Alba other than looking at her, but the point was at least they had two of the four you know, they, pretty much they hit it on the head, and plus it was important because they really because the relationship between Johnny and Ben is so interesting that they kind of hit that on the head too. <laughs> that the confrontational, like one of the antagonistic, like brother relationship that they have. So that's kind of so. You you are correct that it, you would seemingly they they don't have a big hurdle to clear, but we know how we know how the this project has trans you know, has up to this point has everything has transformed transpired so they they didn't get off a, they didn't get off on the right foot and we know up to up to this point which is probably why they haven't no one has been giving interviews lately about this movie yeah. that every time they open their mouth they seem to be uh putting their foot in it by accident or you know i'm sure but still <laughs> so they, they really have done a lot of bad they really have done themselves a, lot, a big disservice up to this point so i think that's why they're trying to be really careful on the material they're putting out as they get closer to release so We'll see. I mean, I'm a, I'm a little more optimistic about it now, based on, I still, but like like Chad, I don't I don't have I don't think it's going to be anything special. But it may be a little, still might be slightly better than we thought. But then again, considering how bad it looked like like three or four months ago, that may not be again may not be a huge bar to clear. Remember when Marvel Comics killed this cast? <laughs> like there's there's an issue of like. Of like X Force or something, where oh yeah yeah was, yeah yeah I was, do that. It, it was just like collateral damage from like whatever the actual storyline was. So like a bomb goes off and like a billboard falls over or something. And it's just like it's blatantly the cast of this movie sitting around calling each other by first names. Looks like the actors, and then they look up. They're like, "Hey, what's that?" And then they're just dead. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
All right, uh, an- another trailer that came out today, as a matter of fact, um, <gasps> was the new trailer for Jurassic World. Um, I've seen it maybe twice now, but I can't maybe I can't do a, sh- a-, a-, a perfect recap. But basically, we're seeing some more images uh, of the park, um, some more images of uh, uh, things that have been edited uh, a little bit from what we originally saw. I'll get to that in a second, but. Um, lot of focus on the new uh the new dinosaur uh it, what was his name he's like imperious rex or i don't know what what is his name it's name war i call him super dinosaur and, and they've never stated it explicitly in in the trailers but i'm a, i'm getting the really strong feeling it's a cross between a velociraptor and a t-rex the size of the t-rex the the intelligence plus some of a velociraptor um, but anyways, uh, a lot of stories, uh, uh, highlighting its fierceness, like it's hunting for sport, uh, and it breaks into a pterodactyl dome and purposely roars at them to get them to fly free. Um, it's, you know, it's, it's attacking people in the park. It's doing all kinds of things. Uh, one of the, one of the shots I thought was cool that, uh, it turns out is actually ed- edited from the, one of the original trailers is we see the, um, the, God, I used to kn- I wanted to be a paleontologist for so long when I was a kid. I used to know all the scientific names for these dinosaurs, but the, uh, the aquatic dinosaur, um, that's swimming around, he leaps up straight up out of the water towards the camera and snaps a pterodactyl out of the air. That is the same exact shot we saw of them. Uh, one of the first trailers where they were dangling a shark over the water and he leaped out of the water and snapped it, his jaws shut. That is the same exact shot. So the first shot of the shark was a, was a, a fake. So nice. this, so that's, that's cool. <clears throat> well, unless it's uh, in the movie twice. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. It seemed, it seemed like, it seemed like pixel for pixel exact. You know, the, 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 the way the camera panned, the way the, the, the dinosaur was kind of spinning out of the water, the way his jaw was open and closed. I mean, it just, it, it, it seems like a shot for shot, perfect lineup between the two. So I think the, the, the shark was a fake out. Awesome. Um, but I mean, it's, it's, it seems really cool. You see, uh, one of the cool shots is you see, uh, uh, you see Star-Lord. Uh, <laughs> you, you see him communing with some raptors. Basically, he's just standing in an open open area with them, putting his hands out and trying to calm them down and get them to listen to him and this whole thing. So that's really cool. Uh, but I, I, this, I mean, I was really I was going to see this regardless. Um, but this this trailer got me really excited. <laughs> Indominus Rex. There you go. Starts with an I. <laughs> Yeah, I read an Imperius, the Submariner would show up. That's what I said. That's what I said. <laughs> Crossover! Uh, shared universe, we did it. That's right. <laughs> I remember seeing, I, I guess it was the third one in theaters, and immediately swearing off this franchise forever. <laughs> so the fact that I want to see this movie so much is baffling. I mean, it's not when you really break it down. I mean, look, it's Chris Pratt teaming up with dinosaurs to fight a super dinosaur in a future theme park. <laughs> Can I go now? <laughs> <laughs> I, 
to me, I think when the, the and Chad mentioned it, the thing that struck me about this trailer when I watched it, because some clips of this were already released, like the beginning of it when Chris Pratt is talking to with Dallas Howard about the, uh, you know, about more or less taking the Jeff Goldblum role of, but basically you're screwing around with shit you shouldn't be screwing around with. <laughs> that, uh, which, which, in in a much way, more down-to-earth kind of way, but that's the point. Which, that, by the way, why hasn't anybody learned? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, like the amount of disasters that go down at this park, nobody's learned. Don't fuck with the dinosaurs. Because there's money involved. But uh, the, one of the things I liked about this trailer, besides the fact that the same Asian scientist who was in the first movie is in this one. <laughs> oh, God. Pick up on that. The guy was... When they were giving, when they were doing the tour in the original movie, that he was one of the scientists that was. Uh, I think he was the one that was saying that they were all females, that they yeah. were all designed females, that, that he's still oh, okay. that he's still around. I thought that was a nice <laughs> touch. But the but the but the idea that the Indominus Rex was purposely trying to free the other dinosaurs, like the mm. like the like the the pterodons and everything. I thought that was I thought that was pretty cool because it, it meant, so it kind of gives more of a method to the madness, but it also was hinted at. Also, the intelligence, and because of the fact that it's able to rip out its own the tracking device they put inside it. Yeah, I forgot. Yeah, to ask yeah, that. which yeah. was which was. It's all right. I mean, we all whenever we talk about these things, there's always something that one or all of us <laughs> forget about the fact that yeah, it, that it ripped out the tracking device because it it remembered where the, the tracking device was implanted, and uh, and kind of having an idea of what it was to begin with, but at least knowing this is not good for me, and I know where they put it, so I'm tearing it out. <laughs> And the idea that the Indominus Rex just, which they hinted at, I think, in previous clips, that it, it kills for sport. Because you, you see, like, all the poor uh, herbivores that are, like, the Brontosaurus-like creatures that are all, like, slaughtered on the on the, on the the mountain or whatever, or the slope, because the Indominus Rex just killed it, just just for the hell of it. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad they still haven't shown this thing. I mean, I'm sure if, like, if I went through and paused every like nanosecond i might get a like a good look here or there but like i really don't know what this monster looks like and you see you see him when he's roaring at the pterodons uh like a full body shot there but it's maybe like two seconds okay yeah but it definitely does i'm looking at a still it does kind of look like it's a it seems to be a cross between a lot more dinosaurs than just two, but if you did, if you did, if you just looked at it, it definitely has the overall structure of a uh, the overall body structure of a T Rex. It has the arms more like a raptor, and it's got some almost like some spines on its back, kind of like a like a Stegosaurus or something else, and, uh, and it's got a horn that looks like on its head too. So it's like a whole, whole mixed a mishmash of different dinosaurs to try to come up with one thing that's going to be a pain in the ass to kill. <laughs> Well, Allosaurus had a had a horn on its that head. That is like true too. Allosaurus did. I think car- yeah. and maybe a Carnosaurus too, because I think reading the description that I just picked up on, it said that that's one of the I think the dinosaurs that was supposedly used to uh, to create car- a car a Carnotosaurus, a Giganotosaurus, a Majungasaurus, and a and Rugops, whatever the hell that is. That's supposed to, those are the known species that were used in the creation of it, which means there's a lot more that we don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's, the, it's the future. Yeah, we they don't know what the hell this does. Let's, let's throw this in there. <clears throat> that is a great I think you guys already mentioned it, but the fact that they let Chris Pratt kind of be the voice of the audience for a second when they're like, yeah, we, we engineered the biggest, most deadly dinosaur never to exist. He's just like, that's stupid. Why did you do that? 
stop doing that. <laughs> nah, it, I, I think they bred two, but yeah, it killed yes, it killed its yes, sibling. Yes, that's oh, another that's good funny. point. Yes, like, like what happened to its sibling? They killed it. <laughs> it's like, oops. Of, of, of course, of course. You know, I can I can sit here all day and and bitch about how how why has nobody learned the lesson that these things are dangerous? But then again, you see all these shots of these crowds of happy people coming in. They're like, <laughs> who is who is like? Let's go see some dinosaurs. Well, forget about all that other stuff that happened on this island. I'm sure they got it under control now. Oh, they bred a new super dinosaur. Awesome. I'm sure it'll be fine. See in a way. See in a way. If it wasn't for the like the second one, when I think the second one was dealing with the fallout, you know, the financial and the corporate fallout from the from the from the results of the first movie. If they hadn't really gone that angle, you could say, well, it was it's an island. They get big bucks. They paid off the you know the local you know the local military. That they could have really done a hush hush job, and not everybody would have known how how much of a screw up it was at first. But yet, it it kind of was at least you know it kind of did become at least you know public knowledge. So that is kind of hard. On some levels, it's hard to explain until you really think about human nature. And the reality is, if they really had a, a theme park full of living dinosaurs, people would go to see it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. You wouldn't go no, on I opening think... day, but after the park's been – some people would. But let's say the park's been in, open for like a couple of years and, and nobody's been eaten. A lot, a lot more people would consider going. <laughs> and I think that's my favorite detail about this movie going in. Like one of the first real nugget I – latched onto when I saw that first trailer was that the idea that okay we're we're in the future a little ways the park has been open and safe and successful for a few for years now like Jurassic Park works and it has worked for a while like that like that's something whenever I think about Jurassic Park that's something that has never occurred to me like I always associate it with horror movie-esque failure within its own structure like within like like trying to make a theme park filled with dinosaurs is always going to end in tragedy well what if it didn't i mean it will this time but what if it didn't for like a generation and that's like that's a great idea small nitpick but it's always bothered me that it was called jurassic park not all of these animals are from the Jurassic period, okay? <laughs> yeah, Shut but up, you but weren't you, there. But you, but you gotta, you gotta pick a name for it. So if you're gonna, if you're gonna, would you want, would you rather Triassic Park? <laughs> Cretaceous. <laughs> yeah. We, we, we Chad, can, they can alternate. They'll alternate every ten years. Chad, half the people that go to this park are gonna wonder where the cavemen are. Yeah. <laughs> Oh man, but it, it, it does it does look super good, <laughs> super good. It like this is the movie where I'm going into it with. I got no real attachment to it. I just want to have fun at the movies. Yeah, this it is absolutely a, po- a summer popcorn film. And plus, you have the idea of people and dinosaurs teaming up to to track down other dinosaurs, and not in that not in that horrible way they were they were talking about a few years ago when they were going to be having these genetically altered dinosaurs that were going to be like like humanoid dinosaurs or or dinosaur or dinosaurs versus dinosaurs and things like that that they, a lot of the rumors were that they were thinking about. Dude, there was there was a point where it was going to be regular raptors that were smart enough to fly airplanes. It would be so cool if this was the, the 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 gap that bridges us between this 
Jurassic Park world and the the the, the world of dinosaurs, the TV show. Yes. <laughs> like the, after the credit scene is just Earl Sinclair going to work. <laughs> that would be awesome. Uh, why do I remember that character's first and last name? Not the mama. <laughs> Gotta love me. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Oh, man. And we're not talking about Avengers because why, Mark? (laughs) (laughs) We're not talking about Avengers because they're showing too much of the damn movie. (laughs) Hey, Mark, what can you tell me about the vision in Avengers Age of Ultron? Luckily, not much right now. (laughs) As Jim and I talked about, I think think it was the last episode of the the, uh, Spectre spinoff that... uh, you saw that one glimpse on screen of the Vision's face and how humanoid it was, and that's pretty cool, and it's got to be hopefully a good explanation for why. We have not seen any live footage of the Vision so far. For the love of God, please, the movie comes out in barely over a week. Can we please not get any footage between now and then? They've done a – Marvel, you've done a great job of doing something almost nobody does these days, which is keep something really under wraps. You know, Yeah, we know, kind of know what he's going to look like already because of, of, of sketches and promo art and toys and merchandising, but we haven't seen him either using his powers or just having seen him on screen yet. Please let the movie come out. At least get to next to next weekend, the first weekend in May, before you actually show footage of the character. You don't need it to sell the movie. Even before this massive dump of snippets and commercials and extended scenes, the movie was already tracking much higher than the first Avengers movie did, and the Avengers movie did much better than the tracking numbers did. This, I mean, this movie, this this movie is gonna. There's no reason to think this movie. What the first Avengers did was over like like something like 204, 207 million, like I think around in its opening weekend. This movie's probably gonna do so much more than that. You don't need it. You're doing a good job. Just please <laughs> don't show, don't show the vision, please, please, please. So if so, if anyone out there has high quality images of what the vision will be like in this movie that's lanterncast at at (laughs) gmail.com facebook and twitter search lanterncast at mark marble hashtag glcast there you go (laughs) now in all honesty something we didn't say we were going to talk about chad probably didn't dan did you see the last terminator trailer no i just came out like like two weeks ago a week and a half ago I didn't see it. I heard it's crazy and has all the spoilers right, in the movie. And I'm, and I'm not going to go, I mean, even though it's kind of stupid to not go over spoilers that are not really spoilers because they're already out there in a freaking trailer. But, and of course, again, there's a, there's a chance that we don't know the context of how, of what we're seeing on the screen in those trailers. It could be, it could not be as straightforward as you think. But a lot of people were, a lot of people were, even though the trailer is really interesting and I am re- looking forward to that movie. I am. But a lot of people were unhappy because there's a, there is a pretty massive spoiler potentially in that trailer about which throws everything up in the air about what we think, you know, the future is going to be and and the role of certain characters. And it's like a lot of people were saying they just kind of ruined or spoiled the entire, you know, the the big reveal of the movie in the trailer. And it's like we don't, you know. Not that Marvel really is, can – at this point, it's hard to say Marvel can do that because we kind of know what's going to happen in the movie. We may not know everything, every drum beat, 
But we don't need to know. My point, of course, is we don't need to know any more than we already know in the trailer and, uh, from the from footage and stuff. I mean, the vision they've done. I think they've give them complete props because they've done a. They obviously they made a decision to keep that character, you know, off the radar screen all along, and they've done a great job. Just that little hint of his, almost like him coming online at the end of the second full trailer. That was that was beautifully done. So please, you did, you got people excited already. You're going to rack up the money. <laughs> on Friday next week, I don't care anymore. Show it. Cause I, but come on. <laughs> this has been a public service announcement. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, that is it for trailers. We're going to take a break. And when we come back from break, we will talk about some Green Lantern stuff. What? <gasps> Green Lantern stuff in a Green Lantern podcast? Nah. Not for months. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. We will be right back. Hi, my name's Mike. Join me and my brother-in-law, Rich, as we discuss DC's comic book, The Flash, on our podcast entitled Flashback. It's located at flashbackpodcast.podbean.com. That's flashbackpodcast.podbean.com. This is John Stewart, Green Lantern of Sector 2814, and you are listening... To the Lantern Cast. Hi, folks. Sean Ingle here. And Strange Disembodied Voice here. And we're here to talk about the new direction going on over at Just One of the Guys, a Green Lantern podcast. Like our in depth coverage of the Howard Chaykin pen, Guy Gorker collateral damage. No, because that book was utter sh. But we are moving into the Judd Winnick run on Green Lantern, where we'll get stories about psychotic ring wielders, teenage sexual identity issues, and Kyle becoming a nearly godlike being. And yet, still not as weird as Guy Gardner's warrior face. Yeah, you may have a point there. Plus, we'll be covering the ancillary books that came out at the same time, including Circle of Fire, A Thousand and One Emerald Knights, The Black Circle Green Arrow crossover, and so much more. Which would easily make up for not covering collateral damage. Also, if you're subscribing to the show via iTunes, be sure to go to Two True Freaks Presents Just One of the Guys to make sure you get new episodes updated weekly. So, they kicked you off the main feed? Uh, No, they just streamlined it, so the Two True Freaks proper shows would only be on it. Are you sure it's not because Scott doesn't want a Green Lantern podcast on the network? Uh, no. In fact, he's spoken very glowingly about the show. I mean, he's even offered to come on into a guest bit. He said he really likes it, and despite his fact that he doesn't like Green Lantern all that much, he's come check out Just One of the Guys over at TwoTrueFreaks.com and subscribe in iTunes at Two True Freaks Presents Just One of the Guys. You'll be glad you did, or double your money back. Alright, and we're back, and this time we are just going to be talking about Green Lantern and some of the rumors that have been out lately. Uh, for those of you unaware, Batman v Superman, Dawn of the Justice of the Super Friends of the United <laughs> States of America, of, you know, International Brigade, um, is is the kickoff, or I guess technically since it follows Man of Steel, Man of Steel was the kickoff, of the DC Cinematic Universe. Uh, and upcoming from that will be Suicide Squad, Wonder Woman, Justice League, Flash, Aquaman, Shazam, you know, all kinds of stuff. Of course, very last, uh, bringing it up the rear, Green Lantern. <laughs> last uh, and least. <laughs> uh, co- coming out coming out on uh, Green uh, Green Lantern June 19th, 2020, uh, is the tentative release date. 
Well, there's already rumors circulating about this this uh, thing. Uh, the one we're going to talk about, I'll mention here last, but it, there was a rumor not too long ago, right, Marv? What was the what was the rumor about Green Lantern? Other than Tyrese is actively pursuing the role <laughs> of oh, Green Lantern. The, you mean the Chris Pine rumor? Is this the one? No, there was another rumor about uh, either John Stewart or something. We were talking about it on Facebook a little while back. I don't remember. Anyways. I'll find it. <laughs> I'll, I'll bring it up inappropriately while someone is talking later. <laughs> but uh, but the, there was a rumor that circulated just a few days ago that we pounced on that uh, John Stewart is being cast in the Green Lantern movie. Now the source of this information says that John Stewart is being cast, not that he is the lead character. But some sites are taking it and running with it that John, when they say cast John Stewart, they mean he's going to be the lead Green Lantern in this movie. <clears throat> Whether that's true or not, this is all rumor at this point. But it got a lot of people talking on the internet, one of whom is Dan Kurtzke. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> so, so, and we actually had some people on our fa- on our Twitter page say if we if we talk about this, we have to have Dan on. So this is why Dan's on. <laughs> I'm I'm just glad I could bring a credible voice to this <laughs> fly by night operation on these crucial topics of our time. So 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 go ahead. Okay, so taking with a grain of salt that either a John Stewart is being cast as a all these networks keep. Or the character in the 2020 movie, which, by the way, guys, it's a movie that's releasing in 2020. How credible do you think the information we're getting now is? <laughs> all of that with a grain of salt. What do you think? Well, I mean, I mean, first of all, there's let's be honest, there's a new Green Lantern casting rumor every like couple of months or so. And also keep in mind the fact that Jon Stewart was supposed to be in the last Green Lantern movie we got and it didn't pan out. Um, yeah, I, I agree with everything you said, Chad, about the whole, uh, you know, it didn't specify that he was going to be the star of the film. And I think, honestly, it's people might be pouncing on that because there hasn't been anything really about Hal Jordan being cast yet or any other Green Lantern character being cast yet. But the rumor leaked out that Jon Stewart is being cast. So, uh, like, the it's it's it's... It's easy to see how people would jump to think that, oh, obviously he's going to be the Green Lantern that we follow and focus on uh, in the live-action movie universe. Um, they probably... I could I could definitely see them not doing it. They probably won't do that. I am in the camp that it would be a mistake not to, which I have a feeling neither of you agree with, but that's where I am on that. I believe that if it's not Hal, John is the next one I would accept. I think uh, I'll I will say I would agree with that. If it's not going if it's not going to be Hal, I would say yeah. I, on the sliding scale, I would say I would rather see I'd rather see John. After that, it kind of gets when we get dicey. I mean. <laughs> I I like the I like current guy a great deal, but guy, but we don't know if we'd get current guy. They might try to roll it back just to get attitude, and then 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 that becomes risky. So I probably would, I probably would rather see Kyle after after John, 
Uh, assuming, yeah, Hal I mean, was, assuming Hal was off the table, assuming we knew Hal was – like they were just not going to touch Hal, which I don't believe. I mean that's part yeah. of the problem here. I think the smart way to go I think is to have introduced John. You can go with the sector partner concept, introduce John, and like some people have said, have Hal be – have Hal being the Justice Justice League movie introduce him, and then you could have, and then have both of them maybe be in the Green Lantern movie, or, or introduce John also in some of the and and some of the other movies along the way too. So then you, but I, part of me thinks it would be really hard for the for Warner Brothers and to say, yeah, we want we want John Stewart, we want John. Well, then again, some of their decision making I think is questionable, so maybe it wouldn't be hard. But you, being logical about it. That Greenland, Hal Jordan has been, you know, the Greenland. Well, I mean, it was. Oh, go ahead, ahead, Dan. Say what you're going to say. No, 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 go ahead. I I stepped on you. Okay. Uh, Because Hal Jordan has been the Green Lantern back in, you know, in the DC universe since Rebirth started in 2004. Uh, Other than basically, other than the Emerald Twilight through Zero Hour and Kyle Kyle Rayner era, John. (laughs) The whole Silver Age, Hal Jordan has been the Green Lantern, even when he's been, you know, so the movie, the Ryan Reynolds movie we know was not what it should have been, but that's not because of the character. The character was, the character itself is good enough. The char- you know, the origin is good enough. They just didn't do a good job with the movie. I could understand why they might want to move away from it. Not that they have to do an origin. They don't have to do an origin movie. I mean... He could already be Green Lantern. How could you could even have like a brief, like a flashback or something, just kind of like giving you the pieces, but not more than like a thirty-second clip. But I, I could, I could live with John Stewart more than almost anybody else. But I would be really, if you're putting together the classic Justice League, which they seemingly are trying to do, because it's the Barry Allen Flash. You know, it would, it would just seem to be weird to throw in, to throw in John Stewart. But it's certainly better than throwing in. Jessica Cruz. <laughs> oh, I mean, this is this is all moot anyway because Newsrama confirmed that Jessica Cruz is going to be. I mean, that that's the story I read, Chad. Right? That's the one you read too. This this is Mark's thing, not mine. <laughs> oh oh, the the guy who rants every other week on Newsrama, he's stay, he's taking this one off. <laughs> He's sitting this one out. I'm gonna kill him, Chad. Oh, yes, you're right. Uh, to me, that was ridiculous. But let's. Sorry, Dan. Go ahead. Well, I, I, by the way, I found out the other rumor that was uh, what's his name that plays Diggle on Arrow is. Oh God! Yeah, but that was, was just TV show related. That was just right, TV right, show right, related. right. But I'm just saying it's it's a Green Lantern live action Green Lantern related rumor uh, that has been circulating around recently. That has been recently proven untrue. But I'm I'm just talking about among Green Lantern related live action rumors. That was one of them. That John Stewart was going to be introduced on Arrow, and it was going to be John Stewart Diggle. Uh, it was. I, I hate that so much. Yeah, it's 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 been recently unconfirmed because evidently, quote, DC has quote other plans for that character. I hate the whole concept of trying to figure out backdoors of ways to sneak characters in. Like, like, oh, we've you've been following this character for three seasons, but he was actually this other character all along. You just didn't know it yet, and neither did we, because we decided like <laughs> a month ago. Because our uh, jobs were on the line, and we had to come up with a twist. <laughs> Oops. Like that 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 army lady at the end of Mass Steel wasn't Carol Ferris, but maybe she was. <laughs> uh, 
But I mean, with with this movie, with the with the imminent 2020 movie, <laughs> um, I mean, I think I I understand the the desire of you know let's go with the most classic representation of Green Lantern as pertaining to the Justice League. You know, that's what comic fans expect. That's what obviously the approach DC likes to take with things. And if you if you look at the uh, you know, pushing other characters aside to put Hal and Barry back in the saddle. But this, I mean, the majority of the people who see this movie or any live-action DC movie are not us. You know, they're people who probably haven't ever been in the same room with a comic book before in their lives. And to them, their only point of reference for Hal Jordan is that one live-action movie that was kind of bad and flopped. Whereas the animated show, and oh yeah, 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 and the and the spectacular animated show, which gone too soon. Yes, may it rest uh, in peace. May it rest in peace. Everybody, go out and buy that show on Blu-ray right now. <laughs> which John was going to be in that too. They just never got around to it. They, they did have... mention him by name. Oh, I need to watch this show again. <laughs> Damn you guys. Uh, <laughs> But, like, in Jon Stewart, they have a character that that so many non-comic fans already know or on some level aware, or on some level are aware of and like already. You know, some people have, like, some people are kids who grew up watching Justice League. Some people are parents of kids who are aware of the character through that. Some people are... You know, people that watched it in college because, hey, co- hey, cartoons are cool and this is, looks awesome. They're like, I, I feel, it's, it's always feels weird to say now, but there was a time when there were, there was no Green Lantern merchandise outside of comics and maybe the occasional DC Direct figure. And then all of a sudden there was Green Lantern all over, you know, the, on, there was action figures, there was bed sheets, there was party favors, the whole nine yards, and it was always Jon Stewart. Like, e- even though his popularity surged from this one cartoon that lasted a handful of years, his was the, bi- his was the big, prominent footprint into pop culture from this franchise. And, like, there are still people to this day that think casting Ryan Reynolds was Hollywood whitewashing a black <laughs> character. And it's, like, I I don't blame anybody for wanting to see a different Green Lantern than him or more classic Green Lantern than him in the live-action role. Like, I, I was on board with a Ryan Reynolds, Hal Jordan, because I'm like, okay, he's a good actor. Let's see what he can do. I want a good actor playing Green Lantern, first and foremost. I don't care what character it is. Get a good actor playing Green Lantern and make a movie. But it seems so... I don't know. It seems like such a missed opportunity when they know they already have a Green Lantern character that while he's not the most iconic and classic one, he's the one with the built-in mass market fan base of people that already know who he is and like him and expect to see him there and don't understand why he's not when he isn't. And here's here's where my opinion comes in. Now, I will... I want to preface this by saying 
that my reasoning for wanting Hal over John, it, 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 I, I shouldn't even have to say it on this show because everyone listening is not these idiot internet trolls out there who are saying it's a racist thing. But it's it'll, not be a, a it'll be a change for the sake of change. <laughs> right, Dad? No, no, it's not a racist thing. And, and, and I will also say that when I say I will only accept it if, I'm not considering every possibility because I'm not a screenwriter. I don't know what DC has planned for their universe. So I, there, are, for, there are a billion other ways this can be done that I'm not even conceiving of. But that being said, the, quote, only other way I will accept this is everything that comes before Green Lantern. Two Justice League movies. Superman versus Batman Dawn of Justice. A Suicide Squad movie. Other solo movies that could feature cameos of other characters. Guys, we don't know where the character of Green Lantern will be by the time we finally get around to the 2020 movie. For all we know, it is Hal in the Justice League movies, but something happens and John becomes the character in the 2020 movie. <laughs> so this is what I'm saying. Like, I, I If it's not Hal, I accept John because that is in my mind, not only the, the, the correct order, I mean, I know it's supposed to be, you know, Hal, Guy, John, Kyle, but uh, I'm just saying, in, in my mind, a character, for all the reasons that Dan just stated, is, is why John should be next in line. But like I said, there's, there, there's way too much between now and 2020 that we just do not know whatsoever. That could be a very good reason why they're going John for this movie and not not Hal. And that's that's what I'm and I don't mean just time. I I mean there is so much content, so many movies. Now assuming <laughs> assuming they stick to this schedule that they announced, assuming uh, the Dawn of Justice movie does well, assuming they stick to everything, there's way too much content between the start of this cinematic universe as Dawn of Justice or Man of Steel, whichever one you want to call the starting point, and the 2020 solo Green Lantern movie, that Green Lantern could appear in three or four of these different movies because they've basically said, didn't they say Cyborg was going to be showing up in Dawn of Justice 2 or something like that, and maybe Flash? I, yeah. I think so. Okay, so... Though he could, he might just show up as, as you know, the, the human... Right, exactly. But, uh, but, but, this, but yeah. this is what I'm saying. Maybe test pilot Hal Jordan shows up in the, the Dawn of Justice movie. I don't, I don't know. But what I'm saying is, in terms of cameos and straight out scripted main character appearances, there are way too many opportunities for Hal Jordan to be involved. Especially even in like the Flash movie, the Flash solo movie. Like there are way too many opportunities for a Green Lantern appearance in all of these movies. That by the time the solo movie comes out in 2020, there is no telling where the character of Green Lantern will be. So, completely discounting and being, getting pissed off that it's not Hal Jordan in this movie doesn't necessarily mean it's not Hal Jordan in the others. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. <clears throat> Nicely put. <laughs> but I mean, come on. Jessica Cruz, though. <laughs> it's a slam dunk. 
Simon Baz and Jessica Cruz. That's right. <laughs> in case in case the Green Lantern franchise was in DOA before. <laughs> hey man, if they really wanted to go with the themes that are hard hitting in a man in a not Man of Steel, what the hell's Batman, Batman versus Superman. Superman? Who are those guys again? <laughs> uh, yeah, put in put in the, make your Green Lantern the guy who's a, a suspected terrorist. Why not? <laughs> Did you guys hear the rumor about BVS DOJ? Is that an actual hashtag? Yes, that it is. Yes, it is. BVS DOJ. Um, have you heard the rumor about what this movie is? It, the rumor, the rumor is, and it, it's, it's. I think it's people think it's a joke, but it is a. I mean, I, I guess it. <laughs> it's a real rumor, <laughs> but but the rumor is that that this movie is a future movie and all the other movies are uh, that are coming out after it are, are what happens between man of steel and dawn of justice. That's an interesting idea that I think is wrong. <laughs> I, I, I think it's wrong too, because it's just way too much. I mean, cause it's, especially the fact that they're focused so heavily on like Superman being introduced to the world. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think I can I can kind of, so the thing about now like with like Superman has statues and like the army is wearing his symbol and bowing to him I can see how people might think that but I don't know hmm. no no it's not real <laughs> I'm sorry the internet <laughs> all right well do we have anything else to say about any of the topics discussed or not discussed on this episode um. Any wild cards we want to throw out there in this two-hour episode? There's nothing wrong with that, Chad. It's a two-hour episode. <laughs> did you guys talk about the Ant-Man trailer? The latest no. one? No, we did not. No. Yeah, that that looks fun. It. Yeah, I think it played up the action aspect, and I, I kind of like Yellow Jacket's costume. Yeah, he's like he looks kind of like a... He's got kind of like Bumblebee Transformer kind of look to him, but in a non-annoying way. Like, he looks threatening, <laughs> but cool at the same time. And he can speak. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the best scene in the whole trailer is when they're fighting on the Thomas the Train... <laughs> Thomas the Tank Engine train. And, like, and like it's, a, it's bare down on him, and he puts his arms up to block it, and it just cuts back, and the thing just falls over. Cause, like, <laughs> so, like, like this, they cut a really good trailer. Like, all of the humor worked except except for that one dumb joke they keep trying with every trailer with like ant-man yeah. yeah i know i didn't pick the name it's kind of silly i'm called ant-man huh yeah ant-man everybody hey everything else in it was like it was funny it worked it looked really good it even explained it even quickly explained his powers in a way that made it seem not goofy it's like it basically like he shrink down and essentially become a bullet like that like that i like i've talked to a couple people that get it now, like how shrinking can be an effective superpower to fight guys. Mm-hmm. I don't know, like this, like this is the movie that for me is always going to have the the shadow of Edgar Wright cast upon it because it's like it's like uh, what when he was attached to this thing, this was I was almost looking forward to this more than Avengers two. And then afterwards, I'm like, oh, my God, I guess I'll see it anyway. And now I'm like, okay, this looks like it's going to be a good time. 
Isn't isn't this Ant Man your Ant Man, Dan? The one that you were freaking out about? If you remember, there was an Ant Man series you were freaking out about a few years ago. No, that is Eric O'Grady, the irredeemable Ant Man. This okay. is Scott Lang. He's okay. the one before Eric. Okay. Have you guys seen the? I think there were images that came out today. The marketing campaign uh, that Marvel is doing. I think I think in New York for Ant Man. They're putting tiny little billboards up all over the place. <laughs> We're talking like the size of maybe your iPhone, <laughs> like in terms of the size of the billboard. That's amazing. That's like how the, um, the there was a movie poster for this, where it was a full-size movie poster, and it was just like super tiny in the very center. <laughs> oh man, I love. It. I I'm glad they're having fun with the with all the marketing for this movie. I want. What I would like to see is a Honey I Shrunk the Kids movie poster ripoff like with a big magnifying glass over it <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh my god uh. yeah i think i mean it's still a tougher sell than most of their movies but they're still I and mean, we know they're still gonna they have goodwill so because they because they have because they have goodwill we know uh people are gonna go see it especially since this Right after Avengers. Yeah, they're getting the Avengers bump, and the Avengers bump should be huge because the Avengers is going to go through the roof. So, so we know it's going to make money. The question is how people are going to react to it and whether mm-hmm. it's going to have legs, which is kind of funny when we're talking about insects, whether it's going to have <laughs> legs. <laughs> we know it's going to have at least six, baby. Well, uh, what, 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 what I keep telling people, because I have, I have had people, more than any other movie, even more than uh, – BVS DOJ. That was gonna get annoying. Uh, the, more than any other any other movie, people keep coming up to me because uh, you know I think in a lot of our circles, everybody in our lives knows we're the comic book person to talk to about these things. Yeah. Well, at my job, I'm that person, or, or with the, the social groups. So people are like Ant Man, guys, this is really gonna suck, isn't it, Chad? And I'm like, guys. What was your favorite movie in 2014? <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> Who was in that? <laughs> talking raccoon and a talking tree, among other things. <laughs> and you fucking love that movie, so shut up. <laughs> I mean, like that's basically what I've been telling everyone who's doubting Ant-Man. You saw a trailer with 70s music <laughs> and a talking raccoon and a walking tree doubted it, went to go see it anyway, and came out of the theater saying that is the best goddamn movie of the year. <laughs> so just shut up and go watch the Ant-Man movie. God. That really was the, the the big hurdle they had to co- uh, clear, wasn't it? Like The fact that they made Guardians of the Galaxy work and work as successfully, both from a quality standpoint and a financial one, is kind of their, their go-ahead to do whatever, and people just kind of trust them now. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, they, they they that was like like you said that was a, <laughs> that was absolutely a huge hurdle, and and as we've also talked about, I think on on this show too that it it, it was a perfect storm as and it did it kind of came out at the right time. There were a lot of movies that crashed and burned last year in the summer. There weren't that many movies that actually did the money that people thought they were gonna that it was going those movies were going to do. And the trailers, the trailers did a good job of convincing a lot of the skeptical people. 
And, you know, the, and Marvel still had a lot of goodwill, too. So with Ant-Man, it's going to get some of that. I don't know if the trailers have done as much of as good a job of convincing people at, as a whole as Guardians of the Galaxy. Nor does it seem as fun. I mean, it does it, on the yeah. surface. It does have, you know, Paul Rudd, who is a really likable guy. And the fact that they are playing up the humor in this, they're obviously kind of following the, the blueprint with Guardians to a certain extent. And he's got a good cast. You know, Michael Douglas doesn't hurt, even though the second trailer really didn't play up Michael Douglas much at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, it, it'll it'll do well. It's so. But it is curious to see how people what people really think of it. I'm kind of interested in reviews. Very interested in reviews of that movie because that's it's just you know because it is it is it is a difficult sell. It is a, it is a difficult sell more than many of the others. And visually, you know, with the insects, that'll be cool. But again, the shrinking thing, yeah, I think it's gonna it's gonna be a tougher sell. And in a way, they be, since they're not using Pym as a main character, it's not as important. But it's it's still kind of weird. It still would be nice if he would have more ties to Ultron than seemingly he's going to have in this universe. Yeah, I'm still holding on to the idea that there's gonna be something like even even if it's like a. Th- like some reference or throwaway line from Tony or something. Like there's going to be a, a Hank Pym reference or something towards the creation of Ultron. Yeah, there could, he, I, could be absolutely because he could have been working on something with his father, and because of, because of the fact that the the Ultron program supposedly <laughs> was you know is something that that had been worked on before, then kind of put to rest, and then it's just because of technology after you know after the whole the events of Avengers one and everything that. And 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 I think even some of the events maybe even in uh, to play into this movie, that that's gets that really gets them going to you know him and ba- him and Banner to kind of like jump on and restart it. That so it's possible you could get you could definitely get at least a name a name reference out there so so you could make a still make make the tie in that Henry Pym is part is, he's not his sole father certainly anymore but he may have been he may have had a hand in the creation so. Same with the creation of the Avengers. You could, I mean, because if you look in the trailers that we've seen of Ant Man, Pym has access to so much tech, and he's such a smart guy, and he's an older guy in this movie. So it's possible that he is maybe not a founding member of Shield, but an old school, <clears throat> one of the first scientific collaborators of, with Shield, and maybe because remember the Avengers Initiative was an idea. Right. And it was it, it had a shield, you know, folder and all kinds of stuff. So maybe, you know, the Avengers initiative was an idea that was partly conceived by Pym. So he could still be a founding Avenger in that way. <laughs> yeah, I can't remember where this came from, but I feel like I heard or read or saw that that the Ant-Man like costume and the whole side changing thing was something is in this universe is going to be a thing that Pym in the old days, was trying to develop four shields for their agents to use. And it just never got past, like, the prototype phase. Speaking of Marvel, have you guys uh, have you guys been watching either Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. or the newly released Daredevil? I fell off... I Because of work, I fell off of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 2 is really good. Mm-hmm. Season 1, just don't. But season two is really good. Basically, and watch the pilot, then watch Winter Soldier, and then watch season two. Season season two 
is a it's it's becoming an Inhumans movie prequel, uh, <laughs> basically. So, so I saw up to the point that they found that chamber in the city and yeah. woke up powers and stuff. Right after that, it becomes an Inhumans movie prequel, basically. Okay. Um, and Daredevil, anybody? Daredevil is amazing. <laughs> Stop listening to this and go watch all of it. <laughs> I've. Oh god, it's so good. Mark, have you seen it? I've watched the first few episodes. I have to, as of now I'm not as gung ho about it as everybody else, but I've only watched the Mark, first I think I'm only in episode three. So Mark, stop being wrong. Go watch all of it. It is so good. Oh uh, my god. I only have one problem with it. Chad, uh, you're wrong. I think and, and I you might agree with me, Dan. I think that right. I think he needs or maybe there needs to be more explanation of his training. Cause I feel like, and, and, and Mark, this is no spoilers. You know, he gets, uh, you, you know about his suit, right? His yes. red, his yeah. red suit. Okay. Yeah. So it, it feels like he goes from amateur vigilante to daredevil once he gets his suit. You know what I mean? Mm. But he's taking a beating in all of these episodes and I just kind of feel like there needs to be more about either his history um, as uh, in, in, in terms of how he got trained, because Stick wasn't there very long. And that's, I mean, that's all I'm going to say about that. Um, yeah. So, because I don't spoil Mark. Uh, Stick wasn't there very long, but it seems like outside of Stick, there's nothing else to, to, to get to how Matt got to this point. Uh, and I kind of feel like also that there needs to be less, there, there should have been maybe a little bit less of a distinction between him and not having the suit and then him getting the suit. Because I, I mean, he still, he still takes a, an ass kicking after he gets it, but it's, I don't know. I, I don't know what I'm trying to say there, but I just kind no, of, you you think he improved too drastically too quickly? Yes, and or, or or there needs to be more backstory on his training. I don't know. I'm just saying that there's there's something there in his fighting style that I just didn't feel was explained good enough or explored well enough. Maybe it just felt like it felt maybe like he was getting worse as the show goes on in terms of his talent or that he wasn't being as careful or something like that. Because you know, uh, for those of you who watch Flash and Arrow. Uh, during that crossover, there was a point where Arrow takes Barry, or, or Ollie takes Barry to task for not scouting a location before he goes <laughs> rushing in. Like he says, I mean, you re- you literally can check every room in this building in the blink of an eye. So why don't you? It's the same kind of thing. Like Matt goes into all these situations where he gets bum rushed or you know something goes wrong or whatever, and he could, whether it's you know, his sonar ability or, or whatever, take a little bit more time to do things and be a little bit more careful. Like you, I just don't feel like he, in the span of the, of the season, improved himself and learned enough. Because the way the backstory is told in one of the episodes into how he got started with this whole vigilante thing, from when he got started with the vigilante thing to when the show starts, it doesn't feel like that's a long of enough space of a time for him to get really good at the whole vigilante thing. So I feel like we should have seen him prove a little more than he did. I don't think it's so much him 
not improving enough. I think it's the fact that this starts out with him... Like, at the beginning of the show, nobody knows about him, and he can freely pick off whoever he wants at will. Mm -hmm. And as we go... All of the crime in the city becomes aware of him and starts working together to try and kill him. Yeah. Um, I think... And he just got progressively more, like, beaten down and kind of spread thin, both physically and emotionally and mentally, as we went th- as we go through it. And yeah. the whole... I think, yeah, he did seem to have, like, a significant uptick at the end there, but... I, you can probably chalk a good deal of that up to the fact that this is the first time he's wearing body armor to help him not get hurt as badly. That's instead true. Of, instead of just wearing like some jeans and a black long sleeve shirt. Yeah, <laughs> so, I just, I just, I just felt like there was something in there that could have been explored more in regards to his fighting, whether it was his training or him learning lessons through getting the beatdowns that he does. I mean, I don't, I don't know what. But I just felt there was something there. And I'm trying to do all this without spoiling it for Mark. Yeah. Because it's such a good show. I don't want to spoil it for him. Yeah. I and we have, and, and everything we've said is super general that you could assume is in a Daredevil story anyway. Um, but, like, there's there's a lot they left on the table for a season two, if and when and when they do it. So, I mean, there's definitely... This this show doesn't gratuitously abuse flashbacks like Arrow does, but they could absolutely fill in fill in like Matt's post stick life if they felt like it, or at least in parts. Because I mean, it gives it definitely gives us the impression that he's trained himself afterwards, yeah. but we just haven't seen it. So maybe there was another teacher. Maybe he made all up all this shit that works because he has crazy employer in his face mm-hmm. or you know it just, mean, it, it just it just seemed like the it, 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 trying to figure out how to phrase this um it just seems like the stick story stick has a 25 step plan <laughs> with addendums with each number so like him and matt got to step 1b <laughs> and that was it. <laughs> and then that was and then it was done. So it just it seems like the stuff that Matt learned from Stick in 1A and 1B is not enough for him to intuit for himself and train himself to get to Stick step 16. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I'm just trying to generalize it and confuse it there, but there there's what surprised me about Daredevil and I don't want to say surprised, it's just more that pleasantly surprised me is how dark it is. And I don't mean physically. It is It is. It is visually a dark movie, or a dark series. But, like, I think it really hit home for me how violent this show was going to be when I saw someone, it was like either arm or leg break, and the bone came sticking yeah. out of the skin. And I was like... Holy crap. <laughs> Things just took a significant step forward. And that's then, the moment you're like, oh yeah, this isn't on TV, isn't it? Yeah, and then, and then this, the whole stuff with Fisk, uh, you know, later, when you first yeah. see him interact with somebody. Uh, <laughs> that's, what, that's what we'll call it. Uh, that, was, that was insane. But, I mean, just, uh, it's, it's really good. I'm not as, I mean, I, I know that we're building it up. I'm not as into it 
as everybody else on the internet is. I mean, people are telling it's the best thing ever. It trumps every other superhero show, and you just gotta. I mean, it's just there's nothing bad that can be said about it or anything. I'm not in that camp, but it is really, really good. Oh yeah, I mean, to give it context, like I just finished watching it through for my first time with my brother, and. When this came out, my dad was away for a couple weeks. I told him about it today, and I'm probably going to start watching it through with him from the beginning tomorrow. <laughs> like this is like this show is a perfect no, by no means, but it is it is it's 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 definitely I feel earned the bulk of its praise, and I don't know if that's. I mean, I guess a lot of that is chalked up to the fact that this is a Netflix thing, so they, they A, they got to do more of what they specifically wanted to do, and B, they didn't have to worry about, about um, like, standards and practices for what can go out over, the over like, television and whatnot. But, I mean, it's at just at its core, it's a really well-written, very well-cast show that they, they knocked out of the park. Foggy's my favorite character. Yeah, his first scene, I didn't think I was going to like him at all, but he's really, really good. Mm-hmm. Mark, what do you think of what you've seen? I like what I've seen. Again, I guess this, that part of me, when everybody just jumps on the bandwagon, mm-hmm. especially before I've seen something completely, it, it kind of almost makes me go back and makes me put the swing the pendulum the other way because uh, I don't like jumping on the bandwagon with stuff. But I don't think that's the only... I just... I think it's just slow... It's a slower build for me, so there are things that I like. Foggy actually isn't isn't one of the things that I like so far, <laughs> honestly. And and I just... I, every every time I see, like, what was it, Karen, I just think of True Blood too much, so... <laughs> uh, so, but... Uh, I like the Rosario Dawson episode, so I like that. I thought that was a good episode when she gets introduced. So I Night like Nurse. That. Yes. So, oh, is that Night Nurse? That is Night Nurse. Oh, awesome. So I'm hoping... The problem is I keep... I put them on... Usually, I've been putting these on late at night and I keep... And I keep falling asleep. And that's part of the problem. I don't make it through. I, make it, I think I'm going to like it. I still don't know if I'm going to be... You know, I'm going to rave over it like a lot of people have. But one, I'll let... But I'll definitely let you know once they finish all the ep- all the episodes. The, like my favorite thing in the entire show might be like the little things where people just forget he can't see, where like somebody will be like somebody's doing something, and they're like, like listen, this isn't as easy that they make it look in the movies, and he's just like, I don't go to many movies. <laughs> I like records. <laughs> or they're, or they're, they're talking to a client or something, and they're like, uh, they, they, yeah, I, there was one point where uh, Matt said, you just nodded, didn't you? <laughs> it's like, oh, um, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's funnier when people funnier than us say it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Flash and Arrow continue to be great. Uh, Arrow, I almost gave up on after a little bit, but then like one of the more recent episodes happened, and I was like, "Holy crap!" I'm sticking around. Um, I just wish, I just wish uh, their Arrow wasn't Batman light in too many places. 
Um, I I feel like Daredevil may have ruined me for Arrow. I I like Arrow. I've yeah. I've only seen the first two seasons of Arrow. I intend to watch more, but now like Daredevil, Daredevil. I don't like directly comparing them like this, but like no. Daredevil kind of feels like no, almost a better version of what Arrow wants to be. Arrow Arrow may want to be that tonally, but I don't think Green Arrow and Daredevil are a one to one comparison character at all. Like, you cannot stick Arrow in this universe with Daredevil and it'd be, you know, okay for Green Arrow to be going through all this crap. Oh, uh, no, and I, I don't mean, like, them as people are directly comparable. I'm just in yeah. terms of the sh- their shows themselves. Like, maybe you have to strip it down a little bit, but it's kind of kind of the same thing enough that you can tell that one might be doing it better. Mm-hmm. Flash, Flash is amazing. Uh, I Zombie is pretty good. Uh, at least it's entertaining me enough to come back to make sure I'm keeping up with it. And Gotham, I lost track of a few episodes in. I'm not even certain anyone's still watching it because I, I, everybody's talking about Agents of Shield and Daredevil and Arrow and Flash and somewhat I Zombie, but I haven't heard anything about Gotham lately, so I don't know how that show's doing. Um, Constantine, I haven't heard anything about. It's canceled. It's not canceled. Nobody knows. It, the, the rumor seems to the rumor pendulum swings back and forth. I hope it's not. I hope it gets transferred to for a second uh, trial season on another network. Um, uh, I'm and I'm looking forward to Supergirl. So I haven't heard anything about Teen Titans yet, though. Now, every now and then they're like, "Oh, also here's a mysterious casting thing." Yeah. Is Supergirl going to be on its own, or is that part of the Arrowverse? Uh, it's part of the Arrow-Flash-verse, supposedly. It's written by the same people as Arrow and Flash, oh, no. or, or directed or produced or something like that. Uh, they say it's going to be part of the same universe, um, but then the the articles that say it's part of the same universe don't give quotes. That, well, they do to give quotes, but the quotes aren't specific about that fact like in other words they don't come out and say it they just kind of say stuff that sort of alludes to it but maybe maybe not they want to hedge their bets if it doesn't work out yeah yeah because it's i think it's cbs that's going to be doing supergirl so oh it's not the same network no it's it's definitely not cw it's going to be cbs or something like that because constantine was nbc i'm pretty sure supergirl will be cbs Hmm. i think that's correct i think cbs is I think CBS has Supergirl. Hmm. But yeah, um, gold, definitely a golden age for comic television. Um, I'm definitely concerned about the DC Universe in, in, in these movies. But again, I'm seeing that Dawn of Justice movie <laughs> anyways. So I guess it'll all have to wait until I walk out of the theater to decide how, if I'm confident enough in the DC movie universe. I mean, you gotta go. I mean, you run a Green Lantern podcast, and that's gonna be the big screen debut of Jon Stewart. <laughs> it's gonna. It, the end scene is gonna be be his marriage to Jessica Cruz. Like, you gotta be there to report in, Chad. And, and their love child, Simon Baz. Yeah, he was born at age forty six and already a terrorist. Great. <laughs> uh, all right. Anything else, guys? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, good night, everybody. (laughs) Well, before Mark does the closing, Dan, do you want to plug anything that uh, you got going on? Sure. Um, Me and Jim 
are still chugging along with the Sliders cast. We just celebrated the year anniversary of that show. We, in Grand Lantern cast tradition, we did like a weird alternate universe thing. We just talked about Stargate for an hour. <laughs> um, uh, it's over at SlidersCast.com. Uh, just or you can plug Sliders cast into any podcast listening service or social media service you may prefer, and you'll find us there. I also have a YouTube channel with my friend Rob, who, who the channel's a person. It's uh, Epic Ghost Punch, all one word, and just plug that into YouTube. We play lots of video games and comment over them. It's basically like a podcast with a visual element, and some of these games are really good, and some of them are very, very terrible. The terrible ones are the most fun to watch. <laughs> That's usually the way it works. Oh, yeah. Julio, Mark, you want to close this out? Sure. You want to email us? The email address is lanterncast at gmail.com, lanterncast at gmail.com. Please visit our website, lanterncast.com. You can have, find our latest episodes. They're also posted there. You can check out our soon-to-be-starting-up-again movie reviews, our Ring Cyclopedia episodes, and, of course, like Chad, this as they, almost as a prologue to this episode, he posted some the article about John Stewart to try to get feedback and to make people more aware of that too. Besides just posting that on Facebook, so we'll be posting new more, more and more like current news items too on our pages too. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter and like us on Facebook. Use hashtag GLCast to find us on both. We are on iTunes and Stitcher. And please, if you like us, please leave us positive reviews on both. And last but not least, if you'd like to leave us a voicemail, please call us at 708-LANTERN, 708-LANTERN, and let us know what you think. If I could throw, sorry, if I could throw one more thing out there I forgot. Sure. Uh, my YouTube partner Rob and friend of the show John Godwin just started posting their new Star Trek podcast. It's called Star Trek at Warp Speed. They got three episodes out already. Uh, they're going through. It's one of those. They're going through the entire franchise in order. John is a diehard Trekkie and or Trekker, whatever is the good one. And Rob has never seen Star Trek before, so that's the journey they're on right now. Nice. But Star, Star Trek at warp speed. Awesome. All right, guys. Next uh, couple of episodes, we will be wrapping up our uh, Legends of the DC Universe crossover month. Uh, with Pop Culture Affidavit, Gotham Girl, and uh, Views from the Long Box. So keep an eye out for those upcoming two episodes. Uh, and then, of course, we will uh, kind of catch up and get back into some uh, current issue reviews, relatively current issue reviews. Uh, and, <laughs> and then I'm assuming uh, we'll dive headlong into Convergence, for good or for ill. <laughs> <laughs> Only time will tell. <laughs> Mark was telling me how much he's looking forward to That's it. That's right. Uh, it'll be a fun episode. It'll be a it'll be a fun episode to listen to. We don't, whether the material will be fun is another story, but the episode should be highly entertaining. <laughs> Stick around after the credits, folks. You'll get a little sneak preview of that. And uh, just for the record, I haven't read anything of Convergence except for number zero at this point. So we'll stop. see. Stop! Stop now! <laughs> are we? Are oh, are we revolts, reversing uh, Elseworlds rules here? No, we have to save some. We have, we have to keep some material for next year. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. We'll talk to you later. Good night, everybody. Good, Good night. night.
are you guys covering like the convergence eight issue miniseries? We really haven't. You... Just, we really haven't made a decision decision on that. I would not mind doing it. Um, <laughs> I obviously I think it's safe. We'll do the we'll do the two issue Green Lantern, uh, both of those oh, yeah. series. But I wouldn't mind at least talking about. It. I mean, maybe if we're gonna do all those. Convert the two Green Lantern convergence. If we're gonna do those in the same episode, I mean, it wouldn't hurt to talk about convergence proper. Even though I gotta, be, have you been reading convergence? I well, because of DCBS, I don't have any. Oh, of the you stuff haven't gotten them I have number zero that came with last month. Oh, yeah. um, <clears throat> this current shipment, but I haven't read. I'm. I figure like since it's good, it's only like two months. I'll either read it all in a giant pile or I'll read it like here's part Half. one and here's yeah. part two. Of what? Convert of convergence. Um, oh. Yeah, I, 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 the zero issue got me intrigued, but so far the first two issues, I think, and I've posted this somewhere else, I think focusing on the Earth 2 characters as the main characters I think is bad. I don't mm. think that's a smart decision. I don't think the Earth 2 characters as a whole are that popular. Maybe Alan Scott still has a little bit of pulp, even though as we know it's not the real Alan Scott, but I think, I mean, in issue three supposedly based on the preview, I think is going to once again be, be those are going to those are like the characters we're supposed to be relating to are the Earth 3 characters, mm-hmm. Earth 2 characters, and it's like, wow, that's just sucking the life out of me. I read the first two issues of Convergence, and it's like, I this is doing, <laughs> this is doing nothing for me so far, and it's like and then you throw in the Parallax for, first issue, which I really, you know, the art was good, but it's like a three-year-old wrote it with his knowledge of Green Lantern, you know, based on, and it's like it's not supposed to be like an alternate universe. It's supposed to be like these are really what the hell the characters were at, the, at that given time. Is this the Tony Bedard one? Or yes, is that, uh... yes, it's Tony Bedard, and and you <coughs> would like Weird. to think he would have a little more of a working knowledge about what exactly happened during Emerald Twilight and what exactly, you know, what Kyle and was like and what his ring was like during the time of Zero Hour and stuff like that instead of all this. Uh, yeah, that's going to be a fun one to, when we go into that. Um, that's the thing that gets me. Like, I I can't remember exactly, but I'm pretty sure Ron Mars is writing some yeah, conversions in his series. Batman and Robin and Metal Men? No, no. It, was a just, it was a Justice League one. Justice League United or Unlimited or uh, International. Uh, in, or international, something. there you go. Yeah. yeah Definitely we, Batman and Robin and then Justice League International. Yeah, because that's one of the things, if we had more time, I almost was going to ask him about the Green Lantern one. But, you know, but... That you know, they they've done some they've done some mishmashing of who you know of people on books that don't make any sense. I mean, yeah, if there was going to be a Green Lantern book, and you really want these characters to kind of be written like they would have been written back in that time, then Ron Mars would be the guy to do to put on the book. Even like the Superboy book, I got I picked up the Superboy the Superboy book, and it's like uh, then they have the artist I think who was doing the Grummet I think who was doing Adventures of Superman back during that time. He was he's he he did the Flash. He did the Flash. The Speed Force one, which I actually kind of liked, but it's like, well, he should have been doing the Superboy one because that's kind of the, the, the kind of like your your your, tra- your for lack of a better way of describing it, your your traditional or the way you envisioned Superboy during the reign of the Superman. It was like how he was drawn, like in, Adventure, in Adventures of yeah. Superman. He yeah, should have been doing that zero. book. Yeah, so it's, I've only read zero so far, so. Oh, the, Zero is the best one. Uh, Convergence? <laughs> yeah. Zero, to me, is the best one because it really because at least it's focusing on a regular character. We, I mean. It's Superman, like that's our Superman, right? It's the New Fifty Two Superman. Yes. Uh, But I I will say this for the Earth Two characters, because I haven't read everything, but I've read a vast majority of it. Um, 
I still like Alan. He's kind of a dick, uh, but uh, at least when I was reading him, uh, a self-absorbed. I guess maybe he was still grie- grieving over Sam. But um, Jay Garrick, God, I still hate that costume. But hmm. Jay Garrick is a whole lot easier to enjoy and have fun with when you just think he's Kyle Rayner. <laughs> I'm a hundred percent serious. Jay Garrick's personality is one thousand and ten percent. Kyle Rayner. Hmm. He is absolutely Kyle Rayner. Maybe like a dash of Wally West, but I kind of think uh, Kyle and Wally are in a lot of ways the same guy. Not in all ways, but in a lot of ways the same guy. Um, but if you read Earth 2 at all, in if, if it, at least if in the Convergence issues they're getting Jay Garrick's personality the same way it was, it was when he Jay Garrick was introduced in Earth 2, if it's the same, you know, he's portrayed the same way. If you think of him as Kyle Rayner, it's it's perfect. He is exactly Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just think it's a questionable focus to use those characters as. Yeah. You know, and I and then obviously as the as the series goes on, you, it's going to be more and more characters are going to factor in because we know almost like these, if you will, these survivors of these worlds are going to end up kind of like f- fighting the uh, fighting the authority. <laughs> And but it's I don't know it's one of those things where it may put you to sleep before you get to that point. And even the mini and I, and I don't know even the even those those two issue minis so far I think I did like the Flash one like I said and I think and the Superboy one was okay. Uh, the sh- I was I was okay. I didn't like the art too much but the Shadow of the Bat one was kind of was all right just seeing it kind of like Asriel and the and the barely still the recovered but not a hundred percent Batman kind of like teaming up and that was that's okay but I don't think up to this point what I've read other than maybe the Wally the uh, Wally one they really haven't done a whole lot of I don't think they've done justice to the, what the theme of this was supposed to be which was kind of like like Ron said character driven stories and to make you and to rem, make you remember and kind of like care about you know this how these characters were back in that era and things like that I don't think they've done a really it's kind of like it's the same basic setup. It's like, uh, like, let them fight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I had a whole list that I was gonna go for, and then I decided, you know, I'm gonna, I'll get the two lantern ones and the question mm-hmm. because, and and I'll just wait to hear what others were really good, and then kind of snipe those. You're not gonna there. get the Lin Wayne Swamp thing. That's a given, dude. I've never really been. There was like a brief. There was like a year when I really loved Swamp Thing, and that was super recently. Other than that, I've never really been into Swamp Thing. I mean, that's as close as you're going to get to Alan Moore doing Swamp Thing again, because mm. mm. Len Wein is a co-creator of Swamp Thing. Yep. But he and Bernie Wrightson, right? Uh, yes. All right, we ready? Sure. Sure. I might. I might put all that convergence talk at the end. Do it. All right, um, let's see. 